pointy. I like you got glasses. Should I go get my glasses? You can if you'd like. No, I'm good. <laughs> so I've just been sitting here with Glenn of Canna Match. Glenn Wells. Glenn Wells, CEO. Yeah, yes. Of Canamatch.ca. Soul owner. <laughs> and uh well, unfortunately my podcast match. This is where, I don't know, like, we talked about getting a cardboard cutout of uh, Lionel Messi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now we need one for Mike. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> um, well, I don't think he's going to have teeth pulled every time. <laughs> I, I I joke about the fact that uh, one of the only reasons I can keep Mike around is because of the snacks. But oh. unfortunately, I think his dentist... May have put him on uh, no snacks because <laughs> there was teeth. I don't want to take any credit for that because I'm I'm pretty sure it was a long term thing. But yeah, more than likely, um, Mike. Uh, he was like, I think there's a chance he's fallen asleep. You think so? Mike's a uh, Mike's been known to have a siesta, uh-huh. and uh, even when he knows it's showtime. I, yeah. But he, I, he did message you say he was messed up, right? So what, did they give him something to relax him when they did this today, or is it was just frozen? I don't know. Because um, when they took out all my teeth, they relaxed me. They gave me a pill. Yeah. I'm I think they may have, get, may have slipped them some, some something, something <laughs> strong. Something strong? <clears throat> I think they maybe slipped them something strong. Maybe some Percocets or something. I don't know. No, I don't know if the dentist could do that. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's a chance that he shows up like Jen last week with the pizza. Yeah. Which um, we can we can go through some voicemails and stuff. And yeah, sure. We got we got a few things that we were going to get to that you and me can get to without sure. Mike. Um, maybe he just shows up randomly. He drives a really fancy sports car. So he can drive fast. And we should hear him pull up, (laughs) even through the headphones, because he's like, he is a pretty famous celebrity, right? Yeah. Like, he's, he is a big deal. Mike Rita, we're missing you. (laughs) You know you're a big deal when you shout out where you get your dental work done. Yes, with Sega. With Sega Dental. With Sega Dental. Thank you, with Sega, for messing up today's show. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty much, right? No, no. Come on. Mike needed some teeth done work. We all know what that's like. We're just... We're just having some fun here. <laughs> you don't need to put a disclaimer on it. This whole show is, is a disclaimer. Okay. Um, so basically, uh, I thought in my head, yeah. if I was like, you know, part of the team, like Ryan Smith, are mm-hmm. you familiar with the hockey player Ryan Smith? Uh, Edmonton Oiler captain. Yeah, I was about to say Edmonton. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Legend in the game, and the reason Ryan Smith is a legend in the game is because in one game, somebody knocked his teeth out. Yeah, and he came back. And he played. And he played. Yeah, because he's a real strong, thorough Canadian boy that loves the game of hockey. And I thought that Mike was the Ryan Smith of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I thought that that maybe there was a chance that he'd come back, you know, like yeah. he he was just gonna go to the to the to the room, mm. 
you know, for a little bit. And then, like, he'd come back to a, a round of applause for when he went, you know, like a. And he'd, co- he'd come back to a round of applause from the arena, like Ryan Smith. I saw Mike Reed of the Elton John of comedy. Canadian comedy was the Ryan Smith of podcasting, but apparently that's not the case. Not today. Not today. It has been the case in my other cases, but, but I guess just not today. So last week, Glenn, yeah, um, me and Mike were hungry, and for the first time we... Uh, we ordered a pizza. Yeah, to the studio. Well, let's do that again because I'm hungry now. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I know I'm so hungry too. So that was the reference. But uh, you know what? You know what? Since you're here, yeah. Do, do you want to do the the snacks of life theme song with me? And uh, I'll try to do my best Mike Rita impression. Okay. And uh, I'm not as good as he is with the. So I just have to sing the chorus. <clears throat> the snacks of life. The snacks of life. Yeah, every time they say facts, you you replace it with snacks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, think, I think you can do that. And I'll... Uh, <laughs> Maybe I'll become your new guest on your show. <laughs> I gotta fucking... I gotta, like, really hype... Have you heard Mike do the intro? Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got, like, a fucking... I didn't even know it was Mike doing that. Like, really, you He's, should be doing the intro, because you have a radio I voice. I have a voice, yeah. If you got the words or whatever, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he says. He just yeah. says it, man. He just says it every week. Yeah, he's got a down pat, right? He does. It's just like he came up with that counter match thing. He did it off the top of his head. He's, he's a smart man. Mike. 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 We miss you, buddy. We love you, Mike. All, All right. from British Columbia, Mission British Columbia. All right, Glenn, here we go. Are we ready? Yep. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the, the snacks of life. life. The, the snacks, snacks of life. life. There's a time you gotta go and show you grow, and now you know about the, the snacks of life. life. The, the snacks of life. When the world Welcome to the Snacks of Life podcast. I'm your host, the Snack Man. I'm joined by CEO and founder. Glenn Wells of Canamatch.ca, proud sponsor and supporter of the show. If you're a stoner, 420 is your thing. You don't need to put 420 in friendly in other dating apps. Go to canamatch.ca and find your stoner friend. Yeah, or date. <laughs> I mean, you can find all sorts of stuff there, right? You can find, we do all kinds, you can go live there. There's games to play there. There's all kinds of stuff, right? We even have a couple section, and it's not for the couples like you would think. It's more like if you travel to another place where it's pot friendly, you can reach out to the couples. Oh, it's not for swingers. No, well, it, whatever you do, whatever is whatever you do, okay? So it is for swingers. I don't know. What you do privately is what you do. But the intent was to not disclude people who already had partners. When I was passing out pamphlets, they would say, no, thank you, I already have a girlfriend. Or no, thank you, I already have a boyfriend. Right. So we came up with the idea of doing a couple section so that if you travel, say, from Vancouver to San Francisco and you want to find some people who smoke pot and where to get it, you can reach out to the couples on Canada Match. Now you've made Genius. Some, now you've made some friends. Genius. And you know what? It should be said. Canada Match was founded in what year? <laughs> Uh, six years ago, so 97, no, no, 2000, 
No. 2017? 20, yeah, 2017. Bro, you yeah. did some wild <laughs> math there, my dude. You can tell that Glenn is a is an OG in this game when he does math like that. Holy shit. Um, it should be stated that that's a very important thing because if you were in 2017 and even now going to certain places in, in the U.S. And, and so forth, finding somebody that is kind of friendly in those areas is easier said than done sometimes. Yep. So that that's a great feature. And the, and the whole idea is that you don't have to go and see somebody on the corner that you don't know. You can reach out to other pot-friendly people and see if they can help you out too, right? The internet is great for that, really. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I, uh, I used to be on Reddit. Okay. I, and I once went to the the Super Bowl in uh, here. This Thank is Snack Man Lighter. Oh, nice! You can have that. Um, I went went to, I went to the Super Bowl the day before the Super Bowl in Houston, and had a person that I met on Reddit pick me up at the airport, drive me around town, had weed, had blunts. We Whoa. went out for barbecue and nice. met and met and met a friend, uh, cool guy, and uh, yeah, he was just like you know a fellow stoner that was like, hey man, if I ever come to Toronto, and I was like, yeah, for sure, I'll return the favor, you know, like. If you ever need anything, hit me up. And, That's it. And uh, the internet's great like that, right? And stoners are great like that because once you meet somebody, even if you spark, spark up a joint on the street, yeah. and somebody comes up and you say, hey, man, that smells good. Yeah. You know they smoke. Now yeah. you, you turn around and you do what every other stoner does. Hey, man, would you like some? Yeah, yeah. Right? Unless, you know. Yeah, it depends on what the person looks like and yeah. how new their now, shoes are. Yeah, nowadays, <laughs> you just never know. We're not discriminating yeah. anybody. Yeah, I always look at the sneakers. <laughs> do you? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a tour thing. Is you gotta look at the sneakers, man. If you're like, you know, if you got some really new, New Balance two thousand long cutters on, yeah. then I'm like, and you know, and you're in some like uh, khaki shorts, yeah. You know what I mean with like a polo shirt or something, or because on because because in the United States when you're on tour and you're going to concerts and stuff like that, they still have undercover cops there. So oh, you, so you check their shoes. Check their shoes, oh. man. You know what I mean? Because no nobody that's nobody that's going to a show and you, you know that's going to a festival or anything like that <coughs> is wearing new shoes. See, I'm so OG that we used to do white walls on the tires. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so you'd never know that, that it's an under, it's an undercover cop if they didn't have white walls during those times when we were in the seventies. Right, like the, the Vogues. Yes, right. Yeah. The cops always had black tires on right. the undercover cars. Right? right. So that's where, yeah. So that's almost a similar thing. Yes, yeah, so you go for sneakers. I used to look for white walls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you have you only have a few moments to really judge somebody when you're walking in a in a group of people at a concert or you're on the lawn, right? Yep. Uh, man, those guys that are undercover, they are deep undercover. They could look like you. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? They the beard, long hair, stoner, yeah. whatever, glasses, everything, yeah. man, right? Yeah. Just, are you saying I look like a cop? No, I'm saying uh, cops look like you. Oh, they want to look like me because yes. I look like a stoner. Yeah, see how it's okay, done. I got you. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely something to, that I think... Uh, uh, that's probably why I get stereotyped occasionally. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've been stereotyped too. <laughs> yeah, I, I look like I belong. You were telling me earlier that you 
got into concerts at an early age. Yep, in and, my 20s. And saw some crazy shit, dude. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I had a, my uncle, that, well, we called him uncle. He was the manager of Teenage Head, so I know Frankie and everything like that. And um, I just got into um, meeting Jim Brown at the time, was head of security for Ticketmaster and all that stuff. So right. um, he got me into a concert for three days at Maple Leaf Gardens with The, the Who. Right. And that was my very, very first big concert. That was your first big concert was the Who at Maple Leaf Gardens. Yes, yes. You hear yes. that, Flyer Vault? Three days. Wow. Of it. We're staying in the College Place Hotel right right beside the uh, yeah. Maple Leaf Gardens, which is not there anymore. It's so a, were it's you a work- grocery store. You were you working? I was doing errand running and stuff. So during the day, um, I was doing errands, and at night, I was the assistant boom operator. So you worked a fucking bump mic? Nope. Nope? Nope. Camera. Camera. So back then... Those cameras that went up in the air and they had the camera guy in the yeah, front, yeah. they was run by a hydro- hydraulic system. And, and you were the driver? No, I oh. was the guy who pushed the button in case the hydraulic system shut down while he was all the way up. So there. all you had to do was press a button? Press a button, 250 bucks a night. 250 bucks a night to watch The Who and press a button if you have to. If you have to. Which... You shouldn't have to. <laughs> no, <laughs> but they didn't have those kind of controls back then, so that's exactly what I did. In the in the back of Maple Leaf Gardens, there's this camera that's way up there, so we're filming it up, it, and I was at the bottom. It's so fucked, because, like, now, I was at Rolling Loud. Are you familiar with Rolling Loud? It's a big hip-hop festival. Okay. And uh, side stage was this guy, and he was sitting in a chair, and he had a VR headset on, and he was the one that was working the drone. And he was in virtual reality flying the drone around the crowd. Oh, that's cool. Doing all of the stuff and the camera angles. Mm -hmm. That a boom would do. That that boom would do from a a drone that's about the size of this soundboard. And he's virtually looking at the camera to line everything up in his... Blew my fucking mind. And and then you look at the videos that these guys produce and it's insane. Yeah. Uh, It's insane. the technology that we have is so hard to try to explain. Like, I, I wonder about that sometimes where it's like, if you were to able to go back and explain, like, I said to my grandma, like, you're a Jetson. Mm. And she's like, like, some of the shit is yeah. like literally yeah. like the Jetsons, right? Yeah. Like, my sister just recently started ER again. Oh, wow, eh? And she's been watching ER. And I got into a tangent on her. And I was like, you know, back in 95... If you didn't catch ER when it came out, you know what? You were fucked. <laughs> like, you know, you there was the, the rerun, no. Yeah, like, yeah. you were fucked. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't even the West Coast side to catch it three days later, three hours later. Yeah. Or, you know, in your case, four or three hours earlier three watching hour the, the Eastern. Yeah. I was like, the best you'd get would be next week. You'd get the what happened, what you missed next week. Yeah, or from your friends. For, or, or from your friends telling you. Yeah, yeah. And now you can just fucking, they drop a season, you just get stuck in your hole for fucking ever. It's like 275 hours. Wow. Wow. So what would we smoke next? Uh, the pine tar? Or from and you brought some flavors. Oh, ha <laughs> <man>. Mike. Uh, <laughs> buddy, I'll leave you something. <laughs> yeah, I got some uh, from our uh, my favorite grower. Uh, she's an awesome woman. Uh, her name is Michelle. Um, she grew some pine tar for you guys to smoke. And then I have my, my Did friend. Did you meet Michelle on Canamatch? No. Okay. No, uh, Michelle uh, was introduced to me by another friend. Okay. So he lives way up in uh, BC and said, hey, you two would be probably good. And we're, we're, we're friends. We've been good friends for about eight months now. Yeah. So, and then we'll, we'll go over things. That's the uh, lady that I met at the 420 Cup, right? Yeah, you did, yes. Yes. Awesome lady. Awesome lady. Awesome lady. 
So what I'm going to do is, is I guess we're going to have to smoke Mike's portion of all this. Yeah. So we should we just try the plantar first? Or oh, I got my friend from Mission some death bubba. Death bubba. Whatever, man. Whatever's clever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I won't ever say no. All right. All right. I think we're going to go ladies first. Okay. Go we'll, with do, Michelle. we'll do ladies first, all right? Yeah. Okay. So we did have a couple calls. Um, last week, if you'll recall, we ordered a pizza. And yep. then had a great conversation. You haven't heard this yet. No, because but, it comes but out tomorrow, It right? comes out tomorrow, but people will have listened to this by the time we talk to it. Uh, we had the pizza lady, Jen, show up. Yeah. And uh, Jen was cool. We had a, a, a conversation about addiction and about small towns. Uh, her son was 52 days clean, so I guess he'll be about 59 days, 59 days clean now. Uh, and Jen called into the show uh, just to say hello. Uh, the next day, so we'll play Jen's call. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Pizza Jen. Got your number at work. <laughs> Made me laugh. Yeah, I had to drive some drunk people home last night, so I forgot to comment on the pod. Well, we'll talk to you soon. You got my number now. You can text. Okay, thanks. Bye. I don't. I don't know if you know how interactive this podcast has become, but <laughs> we've got uh, we've got quite the array of people that call into the show. Um, we've got Big Turp. Big Turp's been on the show. Yeah, Cocaine uh, Brian. Cocaine Brian, yeah. Uh, Cocaine uh, Brian. Uh, and uh, speaking uh, of Cocaine Brian, he also called in. Uh, we've assembled our own little uh, snack pack, as we call them. The snack pack. The okay. snack pack, right, yeah. yeah. And, uh, well... On the on the since you know about cocaine, Brian, we we have a we have a voicemail from cocaine, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was commenting on the previous week's episode, so all right, all right. we might as well just get right to this, Glenn. Yeah, hey, why not? Again, uh, guys, Canamatch.ca founder yeah. Glenn Wells is here with me. Mike Rita is uh, MIA right now, so we'll see what ends up happening with that. Uh, hopefully, he's better soon. Yes, get better soon, Mike. Hey, Snacks, um, Mikey, how you guys doing? It's uh, Brian. Well, you guys know because of my voice. He's trying anyway, to get rid of the cocaine uh, part. The reason why I'm calling, uh, watching the back thing, and you guys talk about AI art. Listen, I'm, uh, I've been trying to download this AI art thing for like four days now. I can't figure this shit out. Like, thank God for artists like Beck that all we got to tell them is say, yo, make a cartoon out of me, and they know exactly what to do. I can't just figure out this AI shit. So I don't think this AI thing's going to fly. But anyways, guys, you guys are doing a great time, uh, great uh, show. I'll uh, talk to you guys soon. Uh, cocaine Brian out. <laughs> He's trying to drop the Cocaine Brian. He says Cocaine Brian out. <laughs> yeah, okay. So maybe I, maybe he isn't trying to drop the Cocaine Brian part. <laughs> Co cocaine Brian. He makes a valid point, though, because since... Uh, we were talking about the AI art. I tried to download the AI art thing. Yeah, crack that. Shout out Liquid Death. <laughs> I need that too, actually. Oh. Here, where are you? Oh, you got one? All right. Yeah, I got one here. Okay. Thank you very much, Liquid Death. Uh, it's, it's it's water. Mm. Okay, so I oh, downloaded the... Uh, mountain water. Yeah. No, okay. This is not like... Ontario mountain water, right? Because no, it's from Austria. Austria, okay, because Ontario yeah. thinks that it has mountains. 
No, it doesn't. Oh, come on. Why do they call it Collingwood Blue Mountain? Because they're on crack, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the blue, it's I'm horrible. I'm from BC. I live on a goddamn mountain. Yeah, <laughs> man. You know what? They didn't call it Collingwood Elevation because there's none there. I remember on that token, and I've never actually snowboarded Whistler or any of the crazy ones out west, but... I remember being a kid and riding Blue Mountain really, eh? on a snowboard and then going to Mount Tremblant and barely being able to make it down my first run because Ooh. it was it was it was almost a mountain at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. Yep. In in the Laurentians, but yep. no, oh, no, well, there's I, the only there's not No, the only mountains are, are well in Canada are around British Columbia and Alberta and stuff like that, and on the island too. Yeah. Washington, well, that's in the States. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in Quebec, they get some elevation. Yes. Because, like, Vermont ends up, it gets pretty pretty good there, but it's nothing compared to, man, let's be realistic. When you get off the plane in Vancouver. Or Abbotsford. It, yeah, it's beautiful, man. Mm. The the mountains are gorgeous. It's so it's so beautiful out there. That's, that's, that's the, it's, it's, it's. So picturesque. That's the thing oh. that it always sticks with you, right? You know what? You know what I like about British Columbia is that it changes so much, right? Each season is different. Some of the like in the summertime, you don't have very much snow in the mountains, but as soon as it starts to snow again, they become white and majestic and beautiful against a blue sky and stuff like that. You got all the trees that lose their leaves, and then they like almost like yeah. almost like the Don Valley. Yeah. Right, right here, right? Yeah, so, the, I used to always say that about Ontario, that we have four unique seasons. But now, I've quickly, as I've grown old and my body hurts, I've realized that we actually have three seasons in Ontario. We have summer, we have winter, and we have rain. <laughs> With no spring. Well, well spring, the and, is the rain. spring and fall is just cold rain, and it's yeah. horrible. Yeah. And it just it's just disgusting. I think that the one thing that I love about BC is is the it's the same as certain places in California is that, that you can get both opposites. You could be yeah. on the beach one day and then yeah. you could be in the mountains the next day. Yeah, yeah. You know? So you could be either on uh, English Bay and then about an hour and a half to two hours you're in Whistler. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you and could you could ski and swim in the same day if you really wanted to. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. In certain times, so or that's ski that's balling. And, and Jet ski, yeah. do both skiing, yeah. where one on snow, one on water, right? So, yeah, that's that's beauty about British Columbia. And it's, it's so much fresh air. There's so many trees there producing oxygen for us. And statistically, uh, people who live in British Columbia live the longest. That makes sense. Uh, statistically, yes, right? Yeah, uh, it's a lot less stressful. It is. It is very late. No matter what. Even, even, even the cannabis industry is different on the other side of the mountains. The community is, anyways. It's 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 a bit different. Mm. We are a little bit more laid back in British Columbia, but we've been smoking and doing the pot thing for a long time. BC, Vancouver has always been known as a you know as a, a good pot town, right? Where you I mean, where, since where the you get your BC bud is from BC, right? So yeah, BC bud's got that 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 label <laughs> on it. What good what would stuff. you what would you say the biggest difference between the Toronto weed scene? And the Vancouver weed scene over the years is two differences. One, Ontario people, some, not everybody, likes to rush it. So you used to get a lot of wet weed. Mm. When you bought a gram of weed, it was still a little bit fresh. So you weren't really getting a gram by the time it was dry. Okay. In uh, in BC, 
no wet weed. We weighed at the time because we really liked our weed, right? So, right. So that, that that would be one of the biggest differences. And then just the attitude. The attitude here is more towards the Ottawa attitude, whereas in BC, we can smoke that, smoke a joint pretty much anywhere. Walk down the street, smoke a joint, somebody's going to say hi to you, they don't care. It's been like that way before legalization, too. Yes. Yes. I mean, uh, Ontario was fairly lax even before legalization with smoking outside. But after legalization, the rules in Ontario, I will say, for smoking cannabis are a lot better than some other places that have legal weed in, like, the States and so forth, mm. where you can smoke it anywhere. You can smoke cigarettes. And that's, a that, you know, the, there's controversy whether that's the best method. But Vancouver... Like, I remember back in the day going to those 420 days at the library. Mm-hmm. You mean art gallery? The art gallery. At the art gallery. The art gallery. That's where I met Neil. Yeah, the co-host or the guy that you're on his, that, his, his run, podcast. Runs, yeah, I'm the producer of the TAC show with Neil Magnuson on Cannabis Culture and Pot TV. Right. And, and, and to that note, Cannabis Culture as a brand was really like the at the forefront of everything before legalization. Mhm. And you know, there's a lot to be said. That's a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> yes. If you want to go down the rabbit hole that is that brand in its in its essence, mm-hmm. which I'm not really prepared to do today. And the store is still there, the lounge is still there. We we, we can probably say that we're one of the Canadian places that you can smoke pot still. Where even though the government says we're not allowed to have lounges, they're still there. I we mean, still have the Amsterdam Cafe too. Shout out Amsterdam Cafe. Yep. They yep. hosted the 420 Cup that we were at, me and Mike. Um, as as they should because they were around way before anybody ever gave a fuck. Yep. That's one of the problems, I think, with legalization is, is there was a lot of things that no one cared about that all of a sudden changed. And you're like, wait, what? Like, so you mean to tell me for years we had cannabis lounges? And you guys just were like, whatever, it's not tobacco. Yeah. And then it gets looped in with tobacco. And then, and Tor- now- then Toronto had some. We had that place that was by the lake. There's been a lot of different cannabis yeah. uh, lounges over the years in Toronto. Yeah. Um, the first one was probably Rocharama, the Hot Box Cafe mm-hmm. in Kensington, Abbey mm-hmm. Roach. Um, Kindred Cafe is an old one, Vapor Central, Vape on the Lake. Planet Paradise. The on the lake. That's the one I've been to. Right? That was a little bit down the line. Yeah. I think that at one point, didn't Marco have something to do with that? I, I don't know. I just, uh, I went there because of um, Karma Cup. I was here for Karma Cup advertising Canamatch. Oh. Right? So, and that was one of the places that they were having. Uh, Fair enough. They were one of them, yeah, shows or, or the judging, and there was some glass going on there, too, so. Yeah. So the Toronto scene, in your opinion, is a little more corporate, and yes. the, the the Vancouver scene is a little more uh, counterculture. There's still. a lot more cannabis legal cannabis stores here, I think, in Ontario than there are in British Columbia. They're like they're almost everywhere, <laughs> right? So yeah, we've talked what, about is, that. This is where the the difference I would think is that there and people from Ontario seem to go towards more of the government way of doing it, whereas in British Columbia, we're still fuck you. We want to just do it the way we want to do it. Yeah, the gray market, right? Yeah. Why, why should I go pay fifteen dollars a gram straight up for an ounce when I can get an ounce <coughs> for a hundred bucks from my 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 neighbor or his neighbor or whatever, right? 
and it's 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 I've said that so many times because I've ranted about legal weed on the show quite a bit. Yeah. And how it's not that I'm against legal weed. My I'm, problem I'm with legal because it's not good. <laughs> right. I'm against it because the people that are running it aren't people that ever would have like I say that would never have got into the counterculture to start with. Exactly. They're in it for the wrong reasons. Yes. So when I see someone that goes legacy to legal, I give them a little more respect and I and I I tend to give, you know, I know people mm -hmm. that have done enough for the 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 culture that eventually will go legal or have gone legal. I know there's good people involved. No, I I know one personally. Uh, you know, we Red, all do. Redbeard. Right. Patrick. Yeah, and, you know, I don't mind supporting Ross. Yeah, yeah. Ross, another person, like, you know, if there's yeah. legal weed, I've said, I'll smoke. But I'm also not going to pretend that if, 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 if legal weed is smoked on this podcast. Yeah. And somebody provides weed for this podcast to be smoked on this podcast, I would never say this weed is good yeah. if it's not fucking good. Yeah. And I'm sure as fuck not going to say this weed is good if it's good and it's overpriced. Yeah. Because I'm not going to say it's good if it's going to be irradiated. Well, and that's another thing. Yes. It's, it, so, you know, if if it <laughs> doesn't compete <laughs> with the black market on quality and on price. Yeah, and taste. Quality and price. Yeah. Taste is in that quality. Yeah, I guess. You know, yeah. I smoke dabs at home. Yeah. If you... So do it, I. If you... You know, tell me that I have to pay $70 a gram for legal dabs that are $20 a gram 30, anywhere else. 30 in BC. 30 a gram, you know. Yep. You know, for Shatter, live resin, um, butter. You, you know, know, so, like, no. Now, if you can produce a legal product that can compete with the black market on quality and on price and all of that, then, then, then hey, man, I'll, I will smoke it. I will fucking say it's good. I will say the same way I would do with anything else. Yeah. The same way I would with a car. Mm -hmm. The same way I would with any other product, any other commodity. You know what I mean? You can't just tell me it's good if it's not fucking good. When was the last time you were ever amazed by some weed? <sighs> my, my experience was just recent. Recent. Really recent. And I was like, it's wow. <laughs> it was like in the old days. When was something that made you go wow when you tasted that first toke? You know, that's the thing is, is that I think because I use me cannabis medically. You so do I. I have scoliosis and, and yeah, PTSD. it's like for me the wow is like the like the flavors don't really matter to me that much. Oh me, I, I the like I, and the high. Yeah, you, like you, you got out the quality in both spots. Yeah, like I me. smoke a lot of weed in America. Yeah. Where they're like, they push exotics in America. Okay. In Canada, I find we like gases, we like cushions, we like hard-hitting weed. Yeah. And in America, I find that they like shit that tastes like candy. Oh. And it's evident in the way they name their strains. Listen, <laughs> there was no it wasn't a Canadian naming it Skittles, and it wasn't a Canadian calling it gelato, and all yeah. of these fucking sugar fucking candies, and like, you know, it's not Canadians that are calling it all these <sighs> blue warheads and sour fucking Laffy Taffies and all these fucking strains <laughs> yeah. that are coming out. Yeah. Canadians got still are still pushing tuna cushions and fucking, you know, pre <coughs> death bubbas and pre ninety eight bubbas and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I smoke a lot of weed in America where I'm amazed at the flavor, 
but it doesn't necessarily pack the punch where I'm like, so what are we really talking about? Like, that was all fine and dandy, but, like, if I have to smoke a half a quarter of blunt and, it, you know, it's not tickling my fancy, it doesn't matter if it tastes like fucking lemonade to me. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, 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 the effect is where I'm here for. The flavor has to be there. It has to be nice, mm. but, you know, just because it tastes really good. What was that? I heard beep, 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 beep. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. You heard that? I heard that. I thought maybe it was Mr. Rita coming in. I thought. <laughs> Bro, if he shows up now, could you imagine? Well, that'd be cool. It would, but like I'm going to. Hey, it, it, it better to be here than not. Oh, did he message you? I don't know, man. Oh, uh, you're looking. I'm going to look. It Check it out. Yeah, go on. Go look. Did he? Oh, come on. You want me? Want no, Mike? I don't no. think so. No. No, no. message from Mike. No, he might be sleeping. You think, eh? I don't know, man. How do you think? Hey, like, let's uh, give a shout out to Michelle there. How do you think? What do you think of her pine tar? That's good. Yeah, yeah good medicated. Yeah, yeah, no, that's got punch to it. Yeah, yeah, that's so definitely I just got punch to it. Recently, smoked something called Project Z, and it was wow in my mouth. As soon as I took that first token and let it out, it was wow. It was tangy. It was. Uh, yeah, it was tangy. It had a really tangy taste in your mouth. It made, right. it made your mouth go wow. <laughs> right. Right. So uh, I asked the guy where he got it from. He let me know. Reached out on Instagram. That guy contacted me at the end of June. I'm going to have some of that Project Z. Nice. So <laughs> yeah. is it a cl like a clone only strain? Like only well, one guy? I don't know. It, it, well, I guess so. I, I, right now, I only know one person and this quit. He. That that batch had been sold. The next batch is up at the end of June. Right. One hundred and forty bucks an ounce, or fourteen hundred dollars a, a pound. He says that's the uh, going rate on or some premium. That's premium, premium, premium. Yeah, that's some pretty good Dude, stuff. Dude, like, what's the most you ever paid for a pound of weed? Two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars. Two thousand dollars. In what year? Uh, about five or six years ago, probably before legalization. Legalization really? You're not even like. When did you start smoking weed? When I, when it was uh, 1981. So like back in that those days, weed was really cheap. I was living. What in about Toronto? in like? I was living in Toronto and was not smoking weed. We were smoking Gold Seal, Romeo and Juliet, Hash, Temple Balls, right. all right. kinds hash. of stuff right. from Montreal. Right? right. I right. was I was selling hash at Young and College for eight years. Um, you sell hash at Doug Ford. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There used to be an arcade just up in McDonald's at Grosvenor and Young. Could you imagine, I, Mike? I, I sat there for eight years and sold grams of hash for 15 bucks a gram or two for 25, and I also sold acid. Could you imagine? You sold acid? Yeah. How five, much was five, five bucks, bucks a hit? hit? Or five for 20. Five for 20. Yeah. Microdots or uh, blotter? Both. 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 Wait, the most... Most one I had was called Weird Stone, and the, and the title that said, Those who drink from the wizard's well fall by the wizard's will. And then the last, in, in the middle was an I. And that, oh, middle, that middle one yes. was, was always the most potent because back in those days, we would hang the sheets. You'd hang them. And then you would turn them upside down to hang it that way. <coughs> so the middle would always get the most. See, I was told this story by on from a guy on lot that they would soak a book. Yeah. And they would soak a book or a Bible. I got a 10,000 uh, uh, hits in a, in a catalog. And he said that they would soak it, and then they would soak it. And he's like, 
the outside, like the outside of both sides mm -hmm. were like sometimes almost fuzzy when it dried. <laughs> oh, wow. And those ones were the wild ones. Yeah. And then the, like, and you could tell yeah. because of the way that they. different methods of, of making your asses or drying it. But right. yeah, uh, they used to hang on the, the sheets and then they would flip it over and let the other side, the other side out drying. That's it. Had 10,000. 1,000 page, or was it 100? Yeah, there was 100 yeah. hits, yeah. You know what's it's so funny now, that blotter art, people collect the pages with no acid on it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I can see that. I can see that. And because there's some amazing art. Purple micro dots, orange micro dots. We mm -hmm. had orange owl, blue owl, blue star, right? Yeah. Um, white blotter. Uh, people were always a little bit worried about white blotter, but do you remember Tron, the machine, Tron, the game? Yeah, okay. Okay, so Tron had a black light on the on, on the bottom part of it where, where the handle was. Right. So if you take your bl white blotter and your customer to that black light, yeah. if you show them yeah. there's acid on the paper. Right. right? Because acid. Was reflective. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So that's how you would convince people, yes, this is. It's true, real acid, yeah. True white blotter, yes. Then that's the funny because back then there was just acid and now you have to worry about somebody hitting you with a blotter and it's not actually LSD. Yeah. It's research chemicals. Oh, really? I, we, yeah. Back, back then we had to worry about strychnine. They would cut, some people would cut it with strychnine. So when I did acid very, very first time, was not the best. No? Me. I had strychnine and poisoning, yes. Yeah. So you're sitting in the washroom thinking that you got to go crap, and you don't got to go crap, but you're sitting there for freaking hours. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, right? Yeah, your stomach hurts so much. Yeah, so I really didn't do acid for a little while, but then somebody turned me on to some really good stuff. Oh, yeah. And they, they told me never to follow the purple dragons, uh, always, and the pink dragons always follow the purple gremlins. Like, <laughs> they, they would take you on a better trip than the dragon, right? Yeah, and then, then I and I did it. What's your favorite acid trip? Where were you? What did you do? White blotter. White blotter. How many hits? Uh, I don't know. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, uh, okay, so the, 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 the setup is we're going to Maple Leaf Gardens to see Rush, right? And wow. they were taping Rush in 3D for this, this concert. My dealer, Neil, see me and my buddy, Al, uh, heading to the concert, he goes right. He takes us into the corner, rips us a nice piece off this blue, this white strip, oh, white, yeah. white white card. Right here, take this for the concert. So we did, and fuck, man. Now when you do 3D, they have three colored lights: red, yellow, and green, and yeah. they're going boom, 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 boom. So. We are tripping on acid, and we come out of the concert, and everything's going. Boom, 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 yeah, it's boom, still boom, going. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> right? Wow! So he's like, oh, don't lose me, right? And he lost me, right? And, I, and I'm I'm uh, standing on, on Wood Street behind Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah, and I do this complete spin. Oh, where are you? And I when I stopped my spin, he was right there. <laughs> <laughs> Best trip I ever had, right there. Yo, oh, man, man, we should have given we, you the prize. We, we rode an elevator that had a bunch of people in it, and we were trying not to laugh. Right. Like, he's over in the corner. I'm over by the buttons, right? And, boy, did we ever fucking start cracking up because we're trying not to laugh. Yeah. I thought it was funny. These people were 
what the fuck's up with these guys? <laughs> yeah. We were just spun. That was the whole same night, man. That was great. Neil, thank you, Neil. <laughs> Not the Neil that I work for now, but no. <laughs> yeah, we had a few acid trips that were entered in our contest, but I'm pretty sure if you would have called in with, I tripped on fucking acid that seen Russian 3D at Maple Leaf Gardens, you would have took the fucking prize, brother. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah, they were, they were filming. I'm sure you probably could find a 3D film uh, of Rush at Maple Leaf Gardens, and I would have been at that concert. Wow, that's legendary, yeah, man. it was so cool. That is very cool. Yeah. I recently... Because I've had a lot of cool moments with big bands. Yeah? Yeah. What, what, what's your favorite moment with a big band that, like... Well, I've got the two favorite ones when we were told you was with The Who. The Who, yeah. Yeah, when you, when, you, when you work for a rock band, you think it's just a rock band. Yeah. Okay, so when I was walking in the back of the stage and into the dressing rooms and in, in those big black boxes that they have the, their instruments in, yeah. they also have... Uh, their own video machines and everything was marked the Who Corporation. Right. Right. You didn't think it was a corporation. It was just a rock band. You thought it was like a couple guys on stage. Yeah. Two yeah. guys having fun. Just, yeah. you know, they, they sat around one time and, you know, now yeah. they're a band, right? So everything's marked the Who Corporation. They had their own uh, centipede, their own Tron machines. They had their own furniture brought in, right? They right. Had, these white vans that brought in a whole van load of food and a whole van load of booze. This is in the highlights of riders, man. When people talk about... Late 80s at Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah, man. This is like when they talk about the, like, the Prince riders and the Madonna riders and like the things that they would have requested are certain sandwiches and yeah. certain this and certain that. Red and, carpet in the room. Yeah, and right? every uh, the room has to be a certain way. And yep. then the record label will recreate that same room in every single arena that they play in mm -hmm. across the whole entire tour. Unless they want it changed. Unless they want something else. Yes. Unless they get sick of it. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then Harold Ballard gave MCA permission to have a party with the Who uh, after the three days of concert that, that night. Wow. So, yeah, it was, it was so cool. There's so many crazy stories and about now, that guy. Now, now it's now it's a grocery store. Yeah, that's sad, eh? There is, there is a hockey rink, but it's like four stories in the air. Oh, really, eh? Yeah, it's like a... Um, and then your Rogers Center in Toronto, that used to be the old uh, mail sorting place. Because I used to work for Canada Post. <laughs> what the 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 the, the Sky Dome? Uh, no, no. The, oh no, you're talking about the where they, Scotiabank where, Arena. Is that what it is? Where the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs play? Yes, and then the, yes. and then the basketball team. The Raptors. Yeah, the Raptors. Correct. Yes. So at that place, I used to be at the old mail sorting place. Yeah. So that that arena was the Scotiabank. Uh, sorry, it was the Air Canada Center. Uh, yes. And then it was now called the Scotiabank Arena. It's okay. what replaced Maple Leaf Gardens. Yeah. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs left Maple Leaf Gardens, and then. The, the university has a, a practice hockey facility, but it's above the, the grocery store oh, because Loblaws or Gail Weston, one of those cock fucks, owns the, uh, owns the grocery store in there. Okay. But uh, they do like weird off like celebrity games and things like that there because it's like a smaller, intimate like university practicing. But the death of Maple Leaf Garden, so many epic things. When was it you were talking about the Symphony of Lights? Benson and Hedges. Was that last week? Mm. Back, or was it the week before? The week before when we were talking about, that yeah. That still happens, maybe not here in Toronto, but in Vancouver. But the tobacco company doesn't... Uh, it's Honda's Celebration of Light. Okay. In Vancouver. I've been going for every year. It's been a family tradition. My oldest kids are now adults, and now Isabel gets to go. Right. So it's, it's, it's awesome. And they're amazing, right? It's $1 million per show. Per show. Of fireworks. And how many shows do they have? Three. 
Three. Three million dollars in fireworks. I went to one in Niagara 20, Falls. 22 minutes with, with music. Music. It's yeah. so crazy, eh? It is awesome, especially when you're watching on the ocean. Because where we have is we oh have the band. Yeah. Well, we, we're sitting You just blew my mind, bro. You're out in a fucking boat. Well, you can do the boat thing, yes. Or you can sit on this hill and just look right at the barge. And my friend always brings a ghetto blaster. And we can smoke dope there as much as you want. And get the music going. When That's the vibe. And all the people around you say thank you to you at the end of the show because you brought the music. Yeah. Because we're not near the speakers. So right? do you have to, like, tune to a certain there's station? A, yeah, there's a radio station who's sponsors it uh and then uh, they think they're on the island or it's 103.1 so it's something. in vancouver it's out of uh, vancouver, victoria vancouver english okay. bay every year wow. so the end of july into the, the the bc day weekend and is it a competition then it still is canada won last year and it, they'll have like three different countries or yeah. something yeah, yeah yeah do you want me to pull up the information i can tell you no 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 man that's enough <laughs> the people here are resourceful man so do you that's ever, sick do you ever want to be somewhere nice in july Vancouver is a place to be because it's always, it doesn't rain in July. Right. It's always dry. I have never yeah. hardly ever seen it. There have been some, I'm not saying never, but yeah. there have been a few, few times, but... The climate in Vancouver uh, is so superior to the climate in Toronto. so nice to sit on an ocean and watch a million dollars of fireworks go off in the sky. Yes, and with music going on, and, and it's, oh. yeah, it's, and it's all beautiful. The boats, all the boats out there peep their horn, and yeah, and everything. Right. So yeah. what we're trying to do this year is do a cannabis boat out. That'd be sick on the ocean to go see the fire. Vancouver's always stepping it up, man. Vancouver's got <laughs> some crazy shit. That was shit. hard. Dude. That's between Adam, me, and Neil. We've all come up with this idea to have a boat. We'd, there'd be cannabis people who would pay twenty or thirty bucks to be able to smoke on a boat on the ocean and go see for twenty-two minutes of fireworks. Yeah, for sure. Oh, it'd be beautiful. That would be awesome. Because Kush Cup used to do that. We'd have a boat tour at the end of the Kush Cup. Right. And that same company is still around. So right, I'm sure we can, and, and Adam knows a, a few people, so, yeah. So you grew up in Toronto. When did you move to the West Coast? Um, well, okay, so I was born in Wellesley Hospital. Where's that? Um, at Wellesley. In, okay, in Toronto. Yeah, yeah in yeah, Toronto, okay. right? It's, it's not there anymore. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, and then I grew up in Mississauga, when it was the town of Mississauga. Yeah. Right? So I went to Credit Woodland, Springfield Public School. Yeah. Uh, stuff at T.L. Kennedy. Okay. All right? So, uh, but then... Something happened to me in my in my childhood that I can't discuss because we're an NDA. Okay. Right. So um, I, I started leaving Ontario and I started hitchhiking to Tro uh, BC when I was sixteen. Right. Back when hitchhiking, you could actually like hitchhike. Hitchhike. No, well, you can still hitchhike. Right. You, you can't hitchhike uh, in certain cities. I mean, it's just. Back then, it wasn't as dangerous, I guess, as it yeah, is now. It, it could have been. It could have been. It could have been, and it probably isn't even now. It's just who you are. It, so yeah. I always made sure that I had a shower that morning. Yeah. I was in clean clothes. Yeah. I always got good rides. Yeah. So I started doing that when I was 16, and then I did it for 12 years, of, um, probably in 2000, in a row. Right. I would travel from Mission to Mississauga right. to see my mom spend a week or two there and yep. then I would hitchhike home again right. and that's the YouTube video I probably sent you or so no I probably sent you the 26 dabs an hour and 40 yeah days. you sent me the but one doing, a, there's, doing there's, all the dabs yeah, I did a, watch that there's a there's a YouTube video of me doing one of my trips too right so I had a little Fuji camera and I took video of it all along and then I turned it into a movie so that's sick man yeah. so how many times do you think you've hitchhiked across Canada 
say over 50. Over 50. Yeah. Who, and this is going to be a crazy question, Glenn. You might not have a real answer to it because it, it, it's, it's a lot. Who's the person that picked you up in those 50 times across Canada that stuck with you the most? Because, I mean, when I think about 50 trips across Canada, I know that that's, that's hundreds of people that out of the kindness sometimes, of their heart. Sometimes, sometimes not, not so many hundreds. Really? Yeah. I, I had one person who will stand out. Is the only reason is because I got them both ways. What? Yes, both ways. Both ways. What? So, so you? This, this guy's name was Frank, and he was from Australia. He was an exchange truck driver. So somebody from Canada went to drive in Australia, and one guy from Australia came to drive in Canada. Wow! What a cool system, right? So, and then he was blogging about it. Right? Uh, when? What year was yeah, this? Yeah, um, I, I have to look at my... I'm at like, get, roughly. So this isn't like... It's got to be the yeah, advent yeah, of the internet. It's yeah. still like tw- 2005 so, or... I would say the 90s. In the 90s. In okay. the 90s, right? Okay. Right? So... Yeah, we can uh, do decades. <laughs> 90s is enough for me, bro. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So he picked me up and um, he took me all the way to my mom's in Mississauga and dropped me off at her front door at her apartment building. And wow. I, I got his phone number, right? Uh, like at first, you, your truck drivers pick up and they're only going to give you a ride to a certain spot. Yeah. But if you can impress the truck driver... He might take you for the rip. Got, he's got a double-decker. You don't have to sleep with him. You just yeah. sleep up, up above, right? Yeah. So that's what he did. I made friends with Frank. And right. he said, sure, I'm going all the way to Ontario. He said, I'll take you all the way. Yeah. Right? So I got a three-day ride with him. Wow. We're normally traveling from BC to Toronto was a five-day hitchhike right and how many people on average normally you'd hit five six rides right could you break it in? i'd say about 20 people normally. 20 people yeah yeah it depends on how, uh, who your ride was right. if it was a short ride if it was a long ride right or, yeah, so so then he took you back to bc no so what happened was as i, when I was coming back I got a ride from a gentleman in a truck who took me to Edmonton. Right. I had Frank's phone number. I knew that Frank would be, was going to be in Edmonton around a certain time. Right. I gave him a call. Right. He was in Edmonton. Wow. So he took me back all the way to BC. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then that's why I remember him the most. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know what the thing oh, is, is that if you're a truck driver, you're going anyway. Somebody's paying the fuel, and if you can impress them, like you say, yeah. and you can show them that you're a real person, they, they can trust you, yeah. that you'll have their back, and you're good company, then why wouldn't they want to keep you around? I have to correct myself. He took me to Calgary, Alberta, from Edmonton, right. and then I took the bus home because I was so tired. Right. But um, the, the, my opening line at all the places when I had my sign, my sign said, East, please, or West, please, right? right? Because you never put a destination down. You just want to get a direction. Well, yeah, because if you put a destination, somebody could say, I'm not going to Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, right? He wants to ride to Toronto, right? Yeah. So if you say East, please, or West, please, you got compliments because, one, your sign said please. Yeah. Right? Two, and I would always say, hi, I'm looking for a ride. I have my own money. I'm not looking for a meal. I'm just looking for a ride. Yeah. Right? And that got me a lot of rides, too, because yeah. I had my own money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I'm, I'll contribute. Yeah. I'll, I'll help. I'll, I'll offer. The truck yeah. drivers didn't need it. They the truck driver. Well, of course, because somebody's paying for it. Yes. Right. Right. So that's who I would always offer that to was truck drivers. So because they were always being hit up for money and stuff like that. And meals and of course. Sad, sad stories, right? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did the opposite and I got the rides. Yeah, of course. And that's the thing is is that you weren't looking for a handout. You didn't have a sad story. You were just looking for a direction. Yeah, just good that's for- really smart, man, because I will say that <clears throat> most of the time when you see a hitchhiker, first of all, if they don't have a sign, 
you're you, you're cautious. You don't want to pick them up because you don't know where they're going. Yeah. And then if they do have a sign, you're right. You're like, you don't want to get into that conversation with the hitchhiker. Like, hey man, I can only take you this far because then they're in your car. Yeah. Whereas if you just have a direction. When you get in the car, you just say, "Hey, how like, far are you how, going? how far, far are you? Where's, where's how, yeah, and I'll get off wherever." Yeah, yeah. Yep. I I had uh, I had a job once where I was driving in this general area, and uh, I used to always make a trip between a place in Ontario called Collingwood and Owen Sound, mm. which is a hard stretch of highway along the water, and it can be really bad in the winter. And uh, I picked up a dude that I'll be honest probably wouldn't be on your list of guys that looks like you should pick him up. He had a black duffel bag. He did Howard Hughes, but he got yeah. picked up, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he had tattoos and a bald head. And, but I picked the guy up, and he was a nice guy, and, and he was going back and forth between the two towns um, to visit friends or something like that. And I picked him up a couple times because the same thing you just said, he was cool. I was driving anyway. I was working and somebody else was paying my gas and I didn't feel threatened by him. I thought he, you know, he was good company. And like I saw next time I saw him on the side of the road, I was like, Oh, Hey, there's that cool dude from last time. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't I pick him up? And, you know, but also I feel like without being too much of a hippie about it, that like, you know, what you put out is what you get back. And, you know, I spoke on it earlier where I, I put out into the Reddit, hey, I'm going to Houston. Yeah. You know, who wants to hang out? And I had some guy pick me up at the airport with a pack of backwoods and a quarter flower and, you know, and a destination to go to a uh, to go to a bar- barbecue place. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's come back, you know. Yeah. What are we smoking now? Death Bubba. Death Bubba. Yeah. From Mission I, BC. I remember. I don't want to say his name. No, you don't have to. We might not. We might not like that. Um, uh, we were just talking about. Hitchhiking. Hitchhiking, yes. What uh, other kind of crazy you, stories you, you have? Well, okay. Uh, I, I was thinking about uh, paying it forward. I'm yeah. not even paying it forward. Yeah. So I pick up hitchhikers. Of course, yeah. Right, because I got so many rides. It's like when and, you're a cook, safe, you tip. Safe rides, too. Yeah. Like, I, I would be hitchhiking in the middle of the night, and um, I would be picked up by some Mennonite people. And right. they would say, you're coming to our house because we're not going to put you out here in the middle of the night. And I had a lot of those offers. Right. Right. And I took them up. Yeah. It, right. And they would set you up downstairs in their basement, and they'd yeah. give you breakfast and sent you back out on the road. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the most... The thing that I remember the most is getting a free haircut. Okay, wow. so we were in, um, oh, I can't remember, the, St. Anne, St. Anne, Manitoba, and at, at this little town, and I came out of the motel room, and I was carrying this heavy bag, and I have scoliosis, so I asked this guy who was pumping gas if he would give me a ride to the highway, and he said, sure, no problem. Yeah. So he took me to the wrong side of the highway because the trans kind of goes this way, and then you have to cross over, and then it goes the other way. Right? right. So he says, don't worry about it. He says, we're going to Winnipeg later on. I'm going to take you home, give you some breakfast, and then me and the wife will give you a ride into Winnipeg. And Sick. Great. So we pull in in the St. Anne, and it says hair salon. He says, I tell you what. I said, I know what we can do for you. He says, we're going to get you a free haircut, right? Because his wife is the only hair salon person for this little town, right? Right. So it's Canada Day. 
Right. So I got a free haircut on Canada Day from a complete stranger's wife, and I told her, and if you're listening now, I have never forgot about you. Wow. <laughs> yes, I know. That's I, the kindness of Canadians right there, eh? They're yeah. like, you know what, man? In the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Instead of me dropping you off on the highway, I got you one better. Yeah. Come to my house. I'm going to cut your hair. I'm going to feed you, and then I'm going to drive you farther <laughs> west. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, or yeah, east. You were going east that way? East at that time, yep. Fair enough. And then the most uh, the person I've ever picked up, would be a medicine man. You picked up a medicine man. His name is Trevor Wolfchild. Trevor Wolfchild. Yes, he's on my my, my Facebook. It's one of my friends. Okay. And you picked him up where? Um, I think it was in Golden. Okay. But I got to set this up. I'm in Calgary. Okay. I'm having breakfast. Yeah. I see Trevor hitchhiking and asking other people for a ride. Yeah. And then when I come out for breakfast, he was gone. Okay. He caught a ride. Now, now all of a sudden, I see him standing on the corner in Golden. Right. And I know, well, he must be safe to take this guy because he's here. He's not hiding because he just killed somebody. Right? Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Sort of thing, right? Yeah, he's made it this far, yes. so he's he's safe. I pick him up. So wait, did you ask? He was hitchhiking or you asked him, like, hey, man, do you need a ride? No, he was hitchhiking. He was hitchhiking. But I'd seen him the second time, so now I pulled over. Right. Right, the first time I was eating. And he was a cool dude. Yeah. Um, what happened was he was... Um, revisiting a, a love of his. Okay. Finally, he had got back into, but he had some turmoil about it. And when we talked, he spoke to me and he said that I was supposed to be there for him. And wow. I, I was the ride that he was kind of waiting for. Wow. Yeah. It was really, really touching. That's right? very, yeah. That's that's the type of things that. And I'm, being from a medicine man, I'm sure he knew what he was talking about, right? Yeah. And that I was supposed to be there to help him see his way. To where he was going. Yeah. Oh, and and, yeah. and, and to talk about his the, past feelings and what happened because it didn't work out so well. Right. Stuff like that. But now, now the conversation that he needed. You have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's an, that's that's something very special to be able to give to somebody that you have that you've just met a complete stranger, and to be, to have them be comfortable with you and and to be able to confide I've had in girls you like that. Fall asleep that I picked pick up hitchhiking because they were so comfortable with me. Yeah, where I could have been a creep and done something to them. And yeah, whatever, but they just passed out. Yeah, they were so thankful that they felt safe. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? That comes down to energy. Yeah, that comes yeah, down to yeah, the energy. I, yeah, I have that energy. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I know I'm an old soul. Yeah. Right. Um, I I don't know if you know about angel cards, but I had my angel cards read a while ago, and I came up as a rare number. And one of the things of the rare number was I had karmic debt from a past life. So you were real good in the past life. Yeah. And so um, she said I would have to repay this karmic debt, and I was like, Oh my god, how am I going to do this? Right. What am I going to do? How, right. How do I pay back karmic debt? Yeah. And then we got legalized. Right. And then I started doing videos on Facebook without doing YouTube because I didn't want to get paid to tell the truth. Right. That cannabis wasn't as bad as the government told you. Right. Right. So I did three years of those videos day after day going, good morning, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are good afternoon. People would love it. Their children would hear it. They'd come and watch me and stuff like that. Right. right. So I was doing dabs and it was always a positive thing. Right? right. And so now I've realized how I've helped pay back my karmic debt. Right. Without even, I was panicking without even knowing it until. That's a weird years, trip to put three, on someone. Three years later, you realize this is how you're paying it back. You're you're helping other people. I, I help people in the community. I help 
people get things in the community. So, you right. know, like if you've got cancer, I can help you get RSO and get you healthy again and stuff like that. I know people that will give you a special price as long as you have a uh, diagnosis of cancer. Right. Turmoil. Right. Yeah. And yeah, stuff. yeah. I know a lot of people being who I am now. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, and you're able to help them. And yes. that's, that's, that's yeah, why that's you're here. It, yeah. I didn't have to worry about how I was going to do it. Karma brought me it. Right. Well, and I think that's anything good, right? Yeah. If you're doing it without knowing you're doing it, then you're doing something really right. Yeah. Right? You're doing it for the right reason. I'm reasons. comfortable where I am. Yeah. I'm comfortable with me, who I am now. After 12 years of PTSD, psychology, psychiatric, right. uh, help and stuff like that. So I just was recently discharged from his office and stuff like that. He says, well, you're a totally different man than I was before. And this guy only took me on because... He doesn't usually take on patients like a, a regular doctor does. He only takes on people he knows he can help. Right. And he that that me, want he, help. And, he and came to me. He said, I think I can help you. Right. I'm a very good doctor. He's the head of psychiatry in, in our area. Right. And he said, come see me. Right. And it was 12 years later. Right. 12 years, yeah. Wow. Yeah, Dr. Peter Strauss. I was hurt. You changed, changed your life. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And Toastmasters. And Toastmasters. <laughs> Toastmasters, yeah. That's where you learn how to do public speaking. Oh, That's wow. why I had the courage to do the videos on Facebook. Right. Yeah, Toastmasters. So he, he put you up to that. No, no. My uh, Isabel, my daughter's mom, did. Okay. She said, you need something to find something to do. Yeah. Right? And you need an outlet for that yeah, energy. I was like, no, I'm not going to go do that. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, but they allowed me to talk about cannabis. Right. So I was comfortable there, and then I became their media present. Right. Because I was getting good with the media and stuff like that. So, right. Yeah. Well, that's amazing, man. Yeah, what 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 made you find cannabis? Like, what what, what was the turning point? You you obviously said okay. you'd smoked it for a long time, but yeah. like, what was your epiphany moment when you were like, "This is it"? Because I think we all have that as people that love cannabis, where you, that moment when you're like, "Okay, I like it, it's it, it, that that snap, right?" Okay, so um, I was in group homes from the age of eleven to sixteen. And they were um, medicating me with uh, 500 milligrams of chlorpromazine three times a day. That sounds like a lot of something I don't oh, want. Fuck, I was tranquilized like you would not believe. Wow. They said I was hyperactive because of what had happened to me when I was 11 years old. Right. I wasn't telling anybody about it. Right. And I was right, like, you were I acting out in trauma. Out, right? Of they, course. They thought it was depression yeah. or, or being hyperactive and, you know, having problems. So they medicated me for five years. And then uh, at, that, at that time when you were 16, you were no longer a ward of children's aid. Right, you were just you could do your own thing. You left on the street, so that's why you went to Vancouver. No, you went no, west or whatever. I, I just started smoking weed because you asked right. me how I was, and yeah. I found that smoking weed made me almost feel like well, I was on the chlorpromazine. Right, I, I knew how to work and, right. and operate myself on that medicine. Right, cannabis. And that's when you found it, so 16. Yeah, and then I started having my scoliosis pain, which I was diagnosed at the age of 11. I'm having scoliosis. I have Schirmer's disease, which is a curvature of the lower spine. Right, that's what so, my cousin had. Yeah, so I have that. I was supposed to be in a wheelchair by 40, but I'm not right. 58 and still walking. Wow. And that is probably because I was a walking courier in Toronto and a biking courier for eight years instead of sitting behind a desk. Right. So yeah, you just kept active. The walking helped. I, 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 I've got to say, I don't know that because I'm not a doctor. Yeah, but I'm still walking. Today. Well, they say that though. Like if you, if you, if you, uh, if you, if you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah. Especially when you get into like older age. I'm dealing with a grandmother that's in a wheelchair at home, and um, it's like you know she she stopped being active and then and then had a fall. Yeah. And then that now she's in a wheelchair and she probably will be in a wheelchair for the rest of her life now. Wow. 
Um, and she's in her 90s, so, you know, it is what it is at that point. But at the same time, she didn't maintain activeness. And then you see some people that are running marathons late into their 80s and stuff like that. But they never stopped. Yeah. You know, they never they never actually stopped doing oh, activities. Oh. oh, yeah? Oh. Is it the death bubba? That's the death bubba. Tell me if you got a sweet taste or not. Yeah, it definitely doesn't taste like a normal, no, like the normal just, Kush. The pine tar was nice. Uh, it was really, really, really good. And this one's just right up there. <laughs> it's nice. I like that. Yeah, really you like definitely clean, brought some wow. Clean ash, yeah. And then we got a bag of dosey dough. You were talking about the professor and his bag. Well, I figured I'd bring a bag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's sterling. <laughs> oh, good we, friend of mine. Great, I love the guy. Yeah, uh, we, we, we just we, walked into the Afro Man concert with like a pound bag. Oh, uh, I was I was so lucky to meet Afro Man. <laughs> and Mike got to meet Afro Man. Yeah. I didn't know Mike wanted to do I could have walked him over there and said, hey, Afro Man, this is Mike Rita. Yeah. Because I was one of the people that helped put that whole thing together at that park. Yeah, I right? got to yeah, I got to meet Afro Man. I was like, Mike. I gave him one of my joints with this with the shadowing in. Oh, did you? Oh yeah. Yeah, it was like Mike, you're Mike Rita, man. We can make this happen. Yeah. Shout out Afro Man. Very nice guy, actually. Yeah, he was a great guy. I loved him. Yeah. Yeah, and then the four twenty <coughs> concert later that night was great. At uh, Enzo's. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a great party. time. Yeah, after party. Yeah, that was a great time. And Vancouver definitely knows how to throw cannabis events. Yes. Vancouver and there's they're very casual. That's like back to your thing. Like they are very casual. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Yeah, we're not up to, as uptight as some places can be on the other side of the mountain. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love how that you don't even make it an East Coast West Coast thing. No, nope, it's, it's like the, it's like it, other it, side of the fucking mountain. Yeah, yeah. It's like the the, the mountain is a big <laughs> wall, right? <laughs> Anything on that side, you know. but that's, you know what? It's it, it's got it's got its good things too. Because when I was hitchhiking, I always had a big bag of weed because I believed in grass, grass or ass. Nobody rides for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. when I was low on money. I'd walk into a small town and say, I got some BC bud. Where can I sell some? Yeah. And they would go over to the gas station, go see this guy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This and guy then, will buy and then, it. And then I would sell him BC bud at BC bud prices. Right. Which was, was unheard of. In fact, they were paying like $40 a gram for something that I would get in small little, like Kenora, Ontario, or Wawa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ontario, Fuck yeah. White River, or something like that, right? Right. right? They were paying 40 bucks a gram for that. Right. I'd walk in and say 10 bucks. Yeah. Uh, you want a, a half ounce? $50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> right. you're from the other side of the fucking mountain. Yes, yes. You were God. Yeah. You were God because the weed smelled good. There's stories about that of like in, in the United States about how the deadheads would come from California on tour and they'd hit all of these, these like red states. They'd hit Indiana. They'd hit Ohio. They'd hit Pennsylvania. All these places where you couldn't get weed and stuff. Yep. And when the tour came through, there was all these same people. They were trying to get money for concert tickets. They were trying to get money for gas to get to the next show. They were trying to get money for, yep. for lodging and they were selling California. But a lot of the strains, and I've talked about this on the podcast, uh, you know, the counterculture, that's the roots of all of this stuff is the hippie movement and everything, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of the famous strains have have ties to to those movements and those those places, like the headbands and the the diesels and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, have ties to to Deer Creek and places like that. It's it's interesting because that that the BC Bud at one point was a was um. You know the best possible thing, and then there was a change where it got a bad rap. 
around North America, I will say, for the commercial BC Bud, the Beasters. And, and there was an era there where, like, people didn't want BC Bud. Yep. But I think that was more because the term BC Bud became more of a marketing thing and less of an actual locality. Mm. Like I, it wasn't Unless necessarily you're from you're like me. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you were obviously living in BC, but like I mean, it, people in Ontario, people in you know, people. I, I remember people in the U.S. always talking about how BC Bud because there was a lot going across the border back in the day. How like you know the quality it was mids. You know what I mean? It wasn't as good. <laughs> Funny how you say that because I can tell you a story. I would love to hear one. You want you want to know how Tuna Kush got its name? Tuna Kush. Yes. 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 Of course. Yeah, okay. So they would pack the um, t- uh, the um, um, tuna or the the weed in, yeah. in tuna cans. Yeah. Which, which you've seen. I, I just bought some. Yeah. Tons of people did the tuna can right. thing. Yeah. So, so they would send that across on the boat to Seattle. Okay. And they would send back. Those tuna cans full of cocaine. Because remember, it was pound for pound. Pound, pound for pound, pound. yeah. Yes. So that's how the tuna got its name, Tuna Kush, because they were packing in tuna cans and sending it on the boat because there was a fishing vessel. Yeah, of course. To to the the places in, in the States where they would swap it out. Interesting. Yes. That's a good little piece of weed folklore. Yeah, I got told that. I don't know that. I was told that also, but from the person I know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing stories about people in kayaks, like taking across pound for pound. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sea kayak. People getting caught, stuff. Yeah. 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 I mean, the border there is so close, and and, and being a maritime border. I got a friend that lives on the border, right on the reserve. Right on Beach <coughs> Avenue. When you turn on their street, the board, like, it, the customs is right there. Right. Right? It says, if you don't turn around here, you cannot turn around again. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. This is your last turnaround spot, right? Because, like, if you, if you, like, I've seen that show where Canadians have made the mistake and they've had some pot in their car and they, they oh, got yeah. stuck and they had to cross the border and now they're in trouble, right? Because back then, it was, you know, it was, well, I think it's still illegal to bring it across the border, even though it's legal on both sides. It's kind of stupid, but. Yeah, it well, that comes down to it's not federally legal in the U.S. Yeah, but somebody was supposed <laughs> to change that. He hasn't done yeah, I haven't heard much about that, Sleepy uh-huh. Joe. Um, that has to do with the federal because the border is federally regulated, right? Yeah. That's why when COVID was a thing, the border was different, and it was the same across all of Canada, even though the provinces had different rules and shit. Yeah. And, and it's the same for America because I cross quite often into New York State. Yeah. And to your your point, in Canada, you can buy weed in uh, an OCS store, like a dispensary, or you can buy it on the reserve very close to the border. Yeah. You can't take it across the border, but 15 minutes on the other side of the border, you can go to the reserve in New York State, and you can buy weed at a dispensary there. And New York State has the exact same laws as far as where you can consume cannabis. Oh. So you can consume cannabis in New York State recreationally as an adult. Yeah. Anywhere you can smoke cigarettes. Oh, good. So when you go to Darien Lake and you go to venues like that, you can just smoke. And it's like... It's it's almost it's almost exactly like being back home, except for like you say, 
don't get caught bringing weed either across either spot. Yeah, across the border. Well, even, yeah, even like you got a little piece in your car or whatever. Even yeah, roach or yeah. They they've asked your me pipe, questions. Your pipe could have resin in it, and they can fuck you for that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. I used to travel with the Peak. Shout out uh, Puffco. We still haven't got our stuff. Um, I love my Puffco. Yeah, you brought two. Yes, um, these Puffcos have been on actual actual peaks, and I've done video Puffco Peak on top of a peak. Wow, yes, that's pretty right. dope. Yeah, yeah, Cuz so. you got real mountains in BC. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. for a 2 hour I, drive. I used to take I used to really like taking that across the border cuz it was very simple to clean and make sure that it's nice and clean when you go through places, right? Did, did Mike ever tell you about his trip into the mountains with uh, Sterling and I? When no. we were listening to Glen FM. Have you heard about Glen FM? No. Oh, really, eh? No. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh Mr. Uh, Reed, I don't know. <laughs> he told me he went to the glass gathering in the mountains, but oh, I don't yeah. know if it's the same, same no, no, story. No, 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 no. That, that, that's before, but that's that's what I was talking to you about earlier. If he yeah. was here, I would be asking him. Yeah, they, yeah they where were the that, fuck they, is he? They, they would like him to come back this year. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll just say that here, and if you want to do it, you reach out to me because Candlematch will fly you there. <laughs> um. Yeah, man, I don't know. I was going to call him, but... Anyways, yeah, so we were playing some really good music on my Spotify playlist, which is called Glen FM. Okay. Right? And it, certain songs in certain spots really hit Mike in the heart. Okay. And, and yeah, there's some waterworks happening. And oh, he cried on you? Yeah, and it was, it was beautiful crying. It wasn't wow. sad crying. He was like... I'm really Tears glad, of joy. I'm really glad I'm here right now yeah. listening to this and seeing all this. Yeah. So, it's so, I mean, man, anywhere you look up there is like a... something, right? Anywhere you look up there is like a beautiful picture. You can't help but be touched. This was part of Mom Cup when he was at Mom Cup. Right. And we, like, we, we had a few hours. It was over. I said, there's bro, still some daylight left. Let's go for a trip. In I, how many fucking cup fucking things does BC have, brother? Well, lots, man. I've got so bro, many. they got like fucking 10 a week. I, what the I, fuck? I'm a judge. I've been a judge in most of most. How many fucking week cups have you judged? <sighs> Hundreds. At least Twenty-five. At least twenty. No, probably even more than that. I've got all my lancets at home, and I've got one probably in my bag there from the last one. <laughs> Bro, it's uh, like uh, there's used to that's be one. A, that's why I'm a connoisseur. That's why I was always talking about the Project G. That 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 weed that just made my mouth explode, man. It's like I haven't had anything like that. I remember Since the first. The 80s, do you probably. remember smoking the the the, the original UK cheese? Um, no. no, I remember the original um, skunk. Yeah, right. Uh, the like real skunk. Like the first time I've ever smoked BC skunk. Yeah, I drove my car into a ditch in Surrey. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, it, it's 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 kind of like. Was it the weed's here, fault, or here, you just suck it, at driving? No, it was the sign on the corner's fault. So what? yes, so what, I being, need to get that three for the yeah, electrical being, sign, being, sign everywhere. The sign in, in Ontario, you have the signs on this corner, and you make the turn this way. In British Columbia, they have the sign on this corner. So I thought it was in like Ontario. I drove <coughs> past the sign and went into the ditch. All right, because there was no lights. It was it was a construction area. There was no lights there. I drove by a little yellow Fiesta. So it was user error. <laughs> and I had a warrant for my arrest. You had you want to talk about that? No, I've, you know, I've got a crim I've got a criminal record for cannabis. <laughs> that shouldn't be a criminal record though. Uh, I got caught and I had a great lawyer. I never did any more than ninety days weekend at Mimico. Mimico though. Mimico, yeah. What a shithole, yeah, eh? The mimic combo. <laughs> oh, what a shithole. So, but we were always in the trailers. 
We were never in general population. Right, because you were there for weekends. Yeah, we were right. wearing our clothes. Right. We were getting fucking high in the fucking dormitories all fucking weekend. <laughs> right? <laughs> this guy's like, it was country club. But we'd make a pipe out of uh, toilet paper rolls. You got an education back then when C- you went to jail for weekends. Cigarette, tinfoil, and toothpaste. Did you bring stuff into jail? So yes. You, yes, of course, because then you get paid when you were in there. No, you just smoke it on the weekend. So You didn't you didn't. No, pee- so like on your shoes, when you do your laces, yeah. I would put hash in there because it, when they checked your shoes they just went like this yeah and just make they sure never, they, it. they never unlaced it to see if there's anything on the tongue right right and then also uh, in the winter time um on my winter jacket i put a little hole in the in the air yeah so you could put it into the put it in there they never checked that they would just check your pockets and stuff like that yeah and you carried it and then the guards they didn't care you could also smoke in the prisons back then so smoking hash would be really easy you just smoke cigarettes the, yeah the guards didn't care as long as they weren't smoking when they saw you we would let them them know they were coming they would smell it they didn't care you're only there for the weekend you're being happy you're not causing fights yeah yeah you're just there to do your time and leave they, they walked they, away they walk away you know how much Mike's going to think he sucks when he realizes how dope those conversations were? <laughs> I can go back and do it again. <laughs> hey? I would. I would definitely come do back. Do you ever ride the trains? Yeah. Oh, I've done the whole thing, man. I've done bus, Greyhound, plane, and train. No, no. I mean, like, like hobo style, like no, jump the no. train. No, I did the, the Trans-Canada train from Vancouver okay. to Toronto. Just because we know a couple people, and I know a couple people personally that used to hitchhike a lot, and then they just took to... Taking the trains instead. Yeah, I don't know where a train's going. Me neither. That's the hardest part for me. I can't ask the conductor, hey, can you let me off here? Yeah, (laughs) and you know what the the answer was I got for that? Mm. Is they're like, the same thing you said about your sign. You start to just know which direction the trains are going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you just start to know which ones are going east and which ones are going west. Do you want to know the, the person that picked me up that is still my friend? You have someone that picked you up? When I was 16 years old. Okay, 16 years old. So, still my friend today. And this is, so we're talking 40 years ago. You're yeah. how old again? Um, 58. 58, okay. 40, 42 years. 42 years ago. <laughs> this person picked you up where? Hitchhiking. Where, okay, they picked in, you up in, again, but in where? Ontario, in, in Ontario, Ontario somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and it was the days of the blue meanies and black bed, black beauty, uh, you know, wake up pills, you know. So yeah, yeah. We would order from the back of the magazine. Something. Yeah, yeah. But um, Ray Guillenette from Scriber, Ontario, right, yeah. was the only Bell Canada man for there. And he had a fish pump and uh, had it hooked up, and we were smoking hash and would blow out the, the smoke with him. So, but Ray and I are still friends to this day. He's, wait, what? Wait, wait go he, back. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck was he using the fish pump to smoke hash? Well, yeah, yeah. So you know how fit the fish pump would make bubbles in the water, right? It would yeah. Be blowing air. Well, he rigged it so that it would blow out hash smoke. And then, but how would you? And you just you, okay? Uh, yeah, me and my friend Larry Nash. Um, what uh, we, the we fuck? He, the, br- yeah, see, he, he, he took re- us to Scriber, Ontario, and we were thinking we should get some t-shirts that say, where the fuck is Scriber, Ontario? <laughs> Which was, what the? Yeah. There's no way that anyone can dispute stoner ingenuity when you're telling me that somebody figured out how to take an air pump for a fish tank yep. and smoke hash out of it. Yep. What kind of MacGyver shit are you... That's in 1980 fucking... Two? Yeah, well, when they say that stoners can smoke about out of, out of anything, and if we don't have something, Holy we can fuck. make it. <laughs> Is there anybody out there that has a weirder thing they've smoked out of than an aquarium fish pump? <laughs> Holy shit. There's probably some. How about the Chillum? You remember Chillums? 
Yeah, that's not weirder than a fish well, pump. Well, you would smoke it this way, right? Do you uh, want to eat some snacks? Sure, I love snacks. Okay, you know what? We should do that because it is a snacks life. We've been having a great conversation. We're here with Glenn Wells of canamatch.ca. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you want to get into? So I've got. I'm try okay, so that. we have some weird energy drink from Asia called an M150. I'll try that when I need some energy. Okay, we've got the <laughs> brand new Mountain Dew Summer Freeze. I'll try that. Okay, we've got Kit Kat uh, cheesecakes. Sure. We've got some uh, Snyder's of Berlin limited edition garlic parmesan chips. Mm -hmm. And we have some great Canadian meat sticks. Where do you want to I'm, start? I'm going to go with the great Canadian meat sticks followed by some Kit Kat and we're going to wash it down with the Okay, so great Canadian meat. Shout out great Canadian meat sponsor of the show. We've got, you You can have first because you're the, the All guest. Right. All right. We've got uh, a beef stick pepperoni. Yeah. We've got a mild salami and we have a teriyaki. I'm going to go with the beef stick pepperoni. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to go off the map because I haven't tried it. I'm going to go with the teriyaki. Okay. Now you got okay. scissors? Oh no, we just. Yeah, I think it, it should. It should just like this. Mike Rita has a lot of problems opening packages. Does he? Yeah, that's a big throwback for people that watched episode one. He couldn't open a bag of chips. <laughs> well, just go, yeah. go like this. See like yeah. this. Remember, I've got eight out of ten fingers. Okay, that's actually my nickname. I'm known as eight. Oh, because you got. Well, how'd you do that? Eight out of ten. Glenn was given to me by Al, the alchemist from Pot TV, and uh, so how did you cut your fix? So I, no, I actually uh, not cut. I, I um, lost them saving my daughter uh, from a bear. Whoa! A bear took your fingers? No, no, a bear banger. Oh, <laughs> the boom, the boom. Yeah. Well, okay. okay. So what happened was December, um, where we used to live. We lived in a, in. A, a carport, and our right. door was in the carport. And all over Mission, British Columbia, they have signs that say, you live in bear country. Yep. Be aware. Right? Yeah, yeah. So we would have bears and come come in there, right? Mm -hmm. So she opened up the door. The bear was there. I grabbed her by the scuff of her shirt, pulled her back, went into my bedroom, into the safe, grabbed a bear banger, lit it. You have eight seconds to open the door, throw it out, and scare the bear away. Yeah. Okay. Well, so what did, did, a bear banger is basically a fucking grenade. It's a quarter stick of dynamite. Right. Okay. So when I slammed the door, I slammed it so hard that the little lock on the, on the knob switched. Mm -hmm. So now I have this bear banger. It's lit and I can't open the door, which I know that the door will open because we just found the bear. Right. And I looked down and I saw that it was fucking locked. It locked by itself. This thing is burning. Yeah, my daughter's right behind me. Right, right. So, as I threw it away, it blew up, and I was standing as much this close yep. as to this this mic. Right, and the blowback blew off this much of my thumb and that much of my finger. Yeah. So that's that's what I lost. And then Al the Alchemist said, "You will be known as Eight Out of Ten Glenn." And I also received Parent of the Year award for it for for what I did. Bro, you fought off a bear. I scared a bear away. But also, let's let's even more context to that. One year before this, I had a neighbor who was being attacked by a bear, and I saved her life. And uh, with those same bear bangers, and was all over the news. I was on Global News, CTV News, with the same bear bangers uh, showing them what I did. Um, there, there. She had a dog, and the dog was barking. And the lady opened up the door, and the bear swiped at her. And she had one of those thick wool um, house coats on yeah. and shredded it. Well, when I let go of the bear banger, the bear took off. Right. Right. And, it's, and she was soft. Because the bear associates a banger with getting fucked up. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they don't 
always move on the first time. Sometimes I've had to do it twice. Yeah, because they know some people shoot it in the air first before they shoot at them. Yeah. But they know that that bang means they could yeah, be dying. I, like there's a there's a news video where it says I, it, they they show what I had, they yeah. show what it sounds like as I throw it, and I said the bear stayed there the first time, and then the second time the bear took off up the tree, right? But well, yeah, yeah up so. the, the bear didn't even fuck. It goes up the tree. It's like I'll tree. be back, motherfuckers. Or just leave me alone for a few hours, and I'll go away, and you go yeah. away, <laughs> right? So wow. yeah, so that's. I was like, yeah. "How's your meat stick, man?" I'm going to tell the story. I know, because <laughs> I'm going to tell you about this meat stick. This teriyaki one is fire, man. It's so good. Great mm-hmm. can't meat. I don't know how they if they have a lot of presence out on the west coast, but they're pretty big out in the east coast, and they're in Circle K, so I'm pretty sure they might be in Circle K in the mm-hmm. west coast. Great Canadian meat. They always got bangers. They do shit well. Tastes great. There was something else that I saw that you did some ancestry. Mm-hmm. So you, so like you did like ancestry DNA or one, two, three me or no, one of those websites. An- ancestry. And you're one of the people where you did it and found somebody that you were like, had like it, it, it magically happened where like the, the, like the story on the commercials and shit. Right. Okay. So I did my ancestry, and they have this tree thing on there. And my mom was able to find her long-lost brother because my DNA was on there. Whoa. Yes. She had not seen this boy since he was, I think she said, 16 years old. Wow. Uncle Harry. Um, and so there, his family um, reached out to me and asked me certain questions about my family. I said, yeah, yeah, that's all match, match. Yeah. Uh, we have her long-lost brother brother here so i hung up from them called my mom and asked her if she knew about somebody with this name yeah yeah Yeah. or with with these details without a name first right yeah i have and they used to tell me that he was my cousin but um yeah wow brother so So it wasn't so this last year they were reunited through my dna that's probably what it came up Mm -hmm. so it wasn't this is the magic of the internet and the world that we live in now because there was a point where, you know, not to make light of this because this isn't, but like you could move to another town in the same fucking like 45 minutes that way yeah. and nobody would ever know yeah. because the internet didn't exist. There was no fucking Facebook. You could disappear and literally be right in plain sight fucking a half an hour from where you lived. Yeah. And it's not that your mom went on a website. It's not that her brother went on a website. It's that you went on a website and somebody in the next generation, two people went on a website, probably thinking that it would affect their life and finding someone maybe that meant something to you or yeah. that you would put a plant down for the future generation, whatever your intention was. Yeah. But it ended up connecting something that was really meaningful to your mother. Yeah. And when, and I would have never known that I could give my mom that. That is a birthday gift because you know, today is my mom's birthday. It was my, my grandmother's birthday too. My grandmother would have been 98 today. Wow. My mom just turned 78 today. Wow. Yeah. We're all 20 years apart. I'm 58. <laughs> Today's your mom's birthday. Today is my mom's 78th birthday, yes. Wow. And I didn't want to date it. <laughs> I heard you say, let's not date it, right? But yeah, today is my mom's birthday. And wow. we were always here for her. And then last year, I was able to give her her lost brother. Uh, 
True. No, I didn't plan this or anything like that. Fucking top that birthday gift, bro. You're fucked for the rest of your life. You're never going to be able to give her a better gift than her lost brother. Yeah. What do you do on Mother's Day after that? <laughs> well, Mother's Day and my mom's birthday are always within the same few, few days. So you've been two for oneing it for a lot of years, Pretty eh? Much, yeah. That's yeah. a that's a win, though. Yeah, because I'm traveling over five thousand miles or five thousand kilometers. Yeah, each, that's a gift track. in that's, itself. Yes, and I bring my daughter with me, and she gets to see grandma. That's super dope, right? So yeah, so there's two that's gifts: one me and one her. Right, and we still, I still bought her. At least today, I bought her some new shoes that she needed for her birthday gift. That's sick. Like that, right? So, yeah. all right, you want to try this pop? Yeah, my mouth let's, is. Let's on, do that. My mouth is on fire, and it was teriyaki. <laughs> oh, summer I cut my finger in a table saw. Oh, did you? Oh, not too much is gone. Not as much as you. I did a hot knife on my my lip, and it stuck there, and it's not no, no scar because I use vitamin E oil. <laughs> If you, you know you're an OG if you bur if you burn your yeah, lip on we, a hot we knife. We did the, the propane torch and this, the knives, and then when I went, we would smoke it this way, and it slipped, and I had to pull it off. Ooh, uh, that happened on Pape Avenue in Toronto, living above some Greek family. <laughs> <laughs> there were strange things that you remember, eh? So how many years have you lived in British Columbia now, like, for consecutively? Over 30. Over 30. Yeah, all in mission. All in mission. And yeah. where's where oh. exactly for the people that are geographically dumb like me? Mission where is mission in relation to Abbotsford? Where, it, where we had the great flood. Remember? Remember? So it's in the lower land. It's, we're in the lower Fraser Valley. We are full of strawberries and blueberries and chickens and cows and uh, corn and Chilliwack sweet corn and all how, that. How far stuff. is it to Vancouver, though? It's not One far. hour. Fuck, yeah. One hour. Yeah, I, I traveled to do the show. Uh, from Mission to uh, Vancouver every Tuesday. So, when they say Swoop flies into Abbotsford, yep. it's not as dog shit as I think it is? Mike loved it. Ask Mike if he loved the Abbotsford airport. He walked straight out. He could see me. He could see my car on the road. There was no going up escalators or big, huge buildings. He come off and walk in the tarmac, to, uh, from the tarmac right to your baggage, and your friends are waiting right outside on the other glass. The entire time, I've thought to and myself... Dubage in, in hand and stew, too, so, yeah. I've always put it like, man, I, I, I don't want to fly, first of all, out of Hamilton, but I don't want to fly to, like, not where I'm going, and I'm always going to Vancouver. But it's also less airport fees. Vancouver and Toronto all have airport fees. Yeah, they really suck. You fly into Abbotsford and Hamilton, no airport fees. Or less ones because it's not such a big place. But WestJet lands there. Canada, Air Canada lands there. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's it's just, mm -hmm. it, it, they're uh, now expanding it to international flights, Abbotsford. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. So we're going to have some international Mexico. flights. Mexico. Yeah, stuff coming in there, yep. Because it's growing, right? I should mention, because this is the No Cap podcast, that my previous beef with Lynx Air still stands. God, my beef is now with Swoop. You know, you're going to have beef with this Swoop with the, the fucking strike. strike. If it happens tomorrow and we're supposed to be flying back on Monday, I might be paying $700 for a return. I mean, a one-way ticket. for You have rights. Yes. So that's where I was going with this. So Lynx has sent me a refund for $125. Yeah. I did receive it. They still owe me for the double charge on my credit card, though. Oh, yeah. So I still have beef with links there. But swoop flying into Abbotsford, you've changed my mind on that. Let's get into this Mountain Dew. What do you think? Give the people a review. I love it. Oh, man. It's got, I don't know, that taste. I'm going to say, like, remember that stringy licorice? 
Yeah, it was like really long. It's got that like that, shoestring licorice. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's got that kind of licorice taste to it. But not licorice, but the shoestring with the flavoring or whatever they used to. Yeah, because it wasn't licorice. It was more like a candy that shoestring mm-hmm. stuff, right? But oh, it's uh, very refreshing. It's uh, summer freeze. What is it? With a uh, burst of summer. What? Americana. Oh, is, is that that sweet thing that they, they, they like the weed and they like their sweet drinks too? <laughs> if Mike was here, he would give an epic fucking introduction to this. Mountain Dew Summer Freeze. It's Mountain Dew with a blast of summer Americana. What the fuck does Americana <laughs> taste like? Are you fucking kidding me, Mountain Dew? Mountain Dew Americana? <laughs> Did you dip some, dip some American people in this pot in this bottle? <laughs> so it, it it looks like it's one of those rocket pop flavors. Yeah, you know the red, the blue, the white rocket yep. pop flavor. Yeah, and would be almost be the same flavor yeah, as I'm discussing yeah. the 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 shoestring stuff that we used to have. Yes, I know, eh? Um, that's not okay. bad, though. You want to hear strangest stories of hitchhiking? Oh, dude, yeah. I want to hear as okay. many stories as you want. Okay. Do you want to get into some uh, some more snacks, though? Yeah, uh, sure. Let's try the Kit Kat. Okay. Now, I'm not a religious person. I'm a humanist. I believe in the power of people, right? You get- Whoa, is that a real thing? Is that a religion? Yep. You can, yep. Humanist. You, yep, you can look it up. A humanist is somebody who believes in the power of people. And my way of convincing people that is whenever something happens, tidal waves, earthquakes bombings, whatever. It's a bunch of people from all over the place who come together and help rebuild That's or help true. people, right? You don't get the whole bunch of churches saying, here, take some of our money and help to rebuild your city, right? So it's always people who make a difference. Yeah, right? and even if it is the churches, it's always the churches on there asking for money to do it, I've like the on, Red Cross. I've been on side like- stage at 65,000 people with with uh, Ingve Mountain and Triumph, and when Triumph played a certain song, you feel the energy of the people. Yeah, for we, sure. that that glow that is around us. When you get sixty five thousand glows, you feel that. Oh, I can relate to that, man. The concert when everybody's on the same vibe at a concert, <sighs> it's powerful. It's, it's a drug. That is what convinced me in the power of the people. Mm-hmm. Together, we are strong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the government knows that. They want us disenchanted. They want us fighting with each other because we're a lot stronger if we weren't, if we're not. I mean, there is definitely, the divide and conquer is proven yeah. to be a great, a, a very, very, very effective method of taking over. That's true. So where I was going with this is that um, the longest time I've ever waited for a ride hitchhiking was 21 hours. And that was in Sault Ste. Marie. I've been told that's a shithole to get stuck in. I read the trading post. I was there. I slept on the picnic table overnight, and I was so pissed off. I yelled out, God, I need a ride. This car immediately put its brakes on, did a U-turn, pulled up alongside of me. 78-year-old woman and an 80-year-old man said, you need a ride? And where are you going? I said, I'm going to British Columbia. We're going to Calgary. He says, can you drive? I said, I can drive. He says, well, if I get tired, can you drive? No problem. He says, okay, we're going to try you out. If it works out, we'll give you a ride all the way to Calgary. If not, if not, we'll give you a ride to Winnipeg, mm-hmm. right? So I said, sure, no problem. I asked him about my medical cannabis. 
sure, no problem. Just let us know we're rolled down the windows. So I got to smoke in the back seat of this guy's car uh, all the way for three days into, into Calgary um, just after saying that for 20 minutes. So that made up all the time that I'd been waiting in Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah, because now big was, turnaround. Yeah, because now from Calgary to Mission's 10 hours, a uh, straight drive. Right. Right, so, yeah. It's, and then the second and, and time. They did, did, second did, did, time did you that, drive? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the second time that happened to me is I was in British Columbia hitchhiking again and it got big black clouds and heavy rain, lightning. Yeah. And I'm crouched down on the ground because I know that my little pointy thing could be a lightning rod. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I'm like, it's pissing my I'm going, God, I need a ride. And a fucking car pulled over. And I run over to the car. I open the door. It's a priest. What the fuck? Took me all the way to mission. Took me all the way to mission. Yeah. So there you go. Those are the two freaky things that's ever happened to me after saying those exact words. Okay. So my question then to the humanist Glenn Wells, CEO, founder, genius behind canamatch.ca. Do you believe that that was... uh, uh, indication that there possibly is a god, or is that reaff- reaffirmation of your humanism because it was humans who still came to the rescue exactly, for you? Exactly, because it doesn't matter what the human believes in, he still helped you. Right. Right? We all have different beliefs, right? Bro, I'm not uh, sure, uh, though, uh, at this rate, with the way that the churches are going and shit, that I would have got in the car with a priest. This was in the 90s. This was a little bit different, probably. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have what, what we know today, right? Because the priests are pretty, pretty fucked up, bro. He was a great guy, man. Nice guy. I bet he was. Nice man. He was in his black and with the white collar, and I was like, wow, do you know what I just said? <laughs> and you pulled over and gave me a ride? <laughs> wow. Right? And that just read that just helped him, you know, well, yeah, of course, you know, it's a higher power thing right i believe in the higher power yes there is there is something and it may it may just be all of us together and that energy um well i mean that's a fuck of a lot more likely in my opinion than some of the shit i hear so i also think on the other side of that as our population grows on this planet billions and billions yeah we each have one little energy so now that energy that we ever we carry around, which maybe be part of what people see during DMT when they do DMT, yeah. and being able to communicate with that energy, that energy is now getting bigger too. You know what I'm saying? So what is this energy's um, purpose to be here? And we all have of these had, people on the planet. Yes, uh. and as 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 the planet grows. So is that energy because we all have an ore. Now we have over a billion ore. Do you think that the energy is growing or do you think that we're depleting the energy we have? Is it I one of those it, things where, it's it's where we're getting we're getting less energy because there's no, too many people? It's growing. We're gro- it's growing. It's growing. That's a very cup half full approach to it. I like that. That's positive. It's definitely growing and be- becoming stronger. And, yeah. we just, and when we got to tune in and be able to use it. It sounds like Timothy Leary science. Thing. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, a lot of the stars, a lot of the stars say if you believe in something and work hard, you can make it happen. Well, and you know what? To that effect, I've never been able to to know that because maybe because of my scoliosis or whatever. But I'm working on doing that. <laughs> well, I, I've made that point a few times to people that, like, you know, if you want to look at famous actors and famous musicians and the one key thing between it all is is that they were always told no or you know they're always told they won't be able to do it and and they just continually went for it anyway 
Mm-hmm. You know, you don't become a famous actor by staying in Nebraska. You become a famous actor or actress by moving to Hollywood and waiting tables and doing auditions and grinding it out. And, you know, the internet has changed things in a certain sense where, you know, there's dem- uh, certain industries where the barrier to, to succeed is a, is a lot uh smaller than it was like for instance the music industry mm-hmm. back when you're seeing the who at the gardens just to record an album required a huge studio much like the one we're in here yep. with thousands and tens of thousands of dollars and g- hours and hours and hours and Six hours of months to make an album yeah and of, today of, you can do it in a few hours of somebody's time and mix and mastering and all of these things and now made it so much better and it, yeah but to the effect of like they controlled what we heard because the barrier to make that album and for that album to be played by radio stations so that we heard it mm. was so large. Whereas now you can record something in your basement. You could record it in a studio with laptops. And sing it on YouTube or TikTok. Yeah. So the there's, there's, there's artists who recorded uh songs that is a three minute song that 15 seconds of it is famous Mm -hmm. because it's a dance or it's a viral sensation yeah and we've quantified and, and and to that point it's kind of watered down i think in a sense of you know to get a platinum record back in the day and to sell you know a million records is a lot different than getting a million streams, and yes. it, 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 you know, streams are just a click of a button. A record you had to go to the store, maybe stand in line because that record was just coming out, and everybody else wanted it too. Just right? the whole process even of concerts, everything. Even concerts, we used to line up and for days for concerts to get those front row tickets to get the tickets. Yeah, and and people would come from the states and say, "I don't believe how you guys can get together without fighting." And it'd be like thousands of us all lined up, yeah. all sharing stuff, telling stories. Did you ever go to Molson Park? No. no. I, I was all Exhibition Stadium or Maple Leaf Gardens. Exhibition Stadium. And then when I started working, I was just working in three cities, Montreal, Buffalo, and Toronto. Right. Right. So, Buffalo's a beautiful city, eh? War Memorial Auditorium, 65,000 people, triumphant, and give him out And I was doing merchandising. Yeah. So I was working for a guy named Ron Boutwell, and I had to go around and, well, we counted the shirts when they went out, counted the shirts when he came in, and during the night, all the people who were selling, I would go around and collect the big bills. <laughs> and I got paid for that, too. I bet you did. Yep. Yep. And you I get would, to see I a crazy drive, show. I would drive him around from Toronto to Montreal to Buffalo. You have a beef on whack when you're down there? By me? You have a beef on whack when you were down in Buffalo? No. No, Buffalo's got some great food. Well, maybe nowadays, but that, again, was a long time ago, right? <laughs> we got a few more things that we can get to here. Big Turp yeah. called in. He's got an opinion. What else we got? And then and then we, we're we going to announce the winner. Sh- well, and a shout-out to Yeah, CSP. you can shout-out anybody you would like to shout-out. Well, I do this show for the CSP, right? Okay. The Cannabis Substitution Program. Yeah. So uh, Neil Magnuson provides high-dose edibles to the people of the downtown east side in Vancouver. Hastings in, Street in and order, stuff. In order to prevent opioid overdose. So cannabis so, edibles prevents them from overdosing? High dose. No, high no. Dose. What, what is happening is we found out after four years that we can get rid of the withdrawal symptoms with high dose edibles. 
So okay. somebody that's coming off of uh, yeah, well, of opioids that they don't want to come up because of the pain, the body pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we found out that if, with a high dose edible, how high they sleep? Well, whatever they need. Right. It, it, everybody's different. Right. You could have a person that be twenty milligrams. Or, and, and just knocks them right out. Right. But what we found is that after eight hours of sleep, they wake up hungry. Right. They eat. Right. Then they do another a, a dose uh, a edible and sleep some more. Yeah. If you can make it one week, and and lots of people do because you don't have the sweats, you don't have yeah, the yeah, you don't have the withdrawal symptoms, and and the the cannabis in the endocannabinoid system protects you, healing you. Yeah. Right, and you're not having this these things in there, so they're finding it out. It's a lot easier. So, my son actually works in the van where where they um, disp- dispense this stuff, and it's changed his life because people come to the window and say, "You've changed my life." Yeah, I'm a productive person of society now, all because of cannabis. Right, and then eventually, and the wh- whole funny thing is, hold on, is that the government doesn't want to give him an exemption because they want him to have a, a, a prescription for each person that they give uh, a 10 milligram or, or over 10 milligram edible to. Yeah, that's some but bullshit. you can carry two and a half grams of cocaine, speed, heroin around with you and have no problems. Yeah, so they've legalized like new, that yeah. new thing in Vancouver. We should touch on that. Yeah, because... Uh, They're going to start selling cocaine. He did, and he got arrested. Oh, he did get arrested. His name is Jerry Martin, Yes. Well, yeah, I, I know Jerry. So, and they, the, I thought the they, next, were, I the thought next. they were, per, per, there was a story out that said that they were, per, they were allowing yeah. him to do it. No, he allowed, he asked to be arrested and the next day they arrested his ass. Yes. So, but I thought there was a story out that they were going to, um, they were going to let somebody sell small amounts of cocaine. He was allowed to have 200 grams on the present and no, 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 no. But Jerry wanted to do that. He wanted to provide um, clean medicine for people, right? It's not not loaded with fentanyl. And, yeah. Yeah, and he wants it as a constitutional challenge. So he stepped out. He did that. He got arrested. Now he can do his challenge. Right, because that's what it takes. That's the fucked up system, eh? That's the whole thing is that, yeah, we don't want to be on pharmaceuticals. Why do we have to have a clean supply when we don't even need to do this? Doctors got people on these things because they got injured or they had pain, and now they can't get off it. Well, I can talk to that because, and and, and I don't know how far back you went on the podcast, but my cousin overdosed two and a half months ago, and he had curvature of the spine, Mm -hmm. got surgery, had a... I never did the surgery. he, He got surgery... And when he was like 17, 18 years old, got a pole in his back, right? And they put him, and this is in the era of the early 2000s, somewhere in that general vicinity, late 90s, and they put him on opioid drugs, and he he ended up with a very serious opioid addiction. And he didn't ask, you know, it, it was doctors that... Did this? That started it. Yeah, so they're the, the same people that you're talking about. Weed is a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. Are, are giving out pills to people. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's, the the epidemic so that we have right now. And why does the government say that weed is not good for you, but yet you have to have a prescription for it? Yeah, medicines are supposed to be good for you. You need prescriptions for medicines, right? Yeah. So why do you? It's a very controversial it is and this man has been doing this for five years now he right. started at the vandu which is the vancouver area network of drug users right and used to have 300 people line up 
three times a week, and he would give them high dose edibles and stuff like that. Now he had a store, and then they came and busted him, and then they, well, they, they they busted his RV. The store had to be shut down after he had Vancouver City's permission from council, but the pro uh, the province, you no, know, the city manager or the guy who gives out the business license said you had to have provincial permission, which is not possible. You have to go to federal, right? And so that's what he's been waiting for. For Health Canada, so he's been giving. I'm two really interested in what they think. How how like high dose? Because like anything over 10 milligrams, somebody has to have a prescription for. If we were to give it to them, that's what they say. Anything. 10 milligrams is is not a lot, especially to people who are doing opioids. Yeah, <laughs> especially <laughs> to people who are getting really fucking high. Yeah, they're doing a lot harder drug <clears throat> than cannabis. But we have to have, the, they have to, have, and these people don't go to doctors. And it's weird these that. These people don't, they can't get a doctor. We already know that right, right across Canada, it's hard to get a doctor. There's a million people in British Columbia that don't have a doctor. Well, and the, feel, and the fact is, is that Neil actually cares about these people and doctors don't. You can't stop because now you've heard the stories. Yeah. You've seen the changes. Yeah, you know How what's up. you stop saving people's lives? Yeah. You can't. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, I and I and I do something every uh, uh, Christmas time. We do dupes and tubes. Yeah, which is uh, take off from Sterling because he does it in, in Saskatoon also. Yeah, and so we um, um, uh, Cabela's gives us a special price on really warm socks, right. and we, we give away dubes and tubes. Right, right at Christmas time. So socks is nice, one of the nice, hardest things for a pair of socks at yeah. Christmas time in a nice joint. Yeah, people oh, on yeah. the street, socks is one of the number one things that yeah. they, they're, they're after. And so we do a GoFundMe, and people contribute to that. And, uh, Man, you're doing Tim, amazing things with cannabis for Tim people. Tim put, puts in for coffee and, and hot chocolate. <laughs> I've had beef with Tim Hortons, man, and and uh, that's good that Tim Hortons is helping you out. I, that makes me proud because yep. Tim Hortons has got lots of money. Every time that I'm in a drive-through, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to donate to you know this?" Uh, or like you're at the the grocery store, and they're like, "Hey, you want to give uh, two bucks?" I did McHappy Day. Yeah, I mean it was seventy five dollars for me, the whole family for McHappy Day, and and my sister, you know, they, 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 you want to do uh, two dollars for uh, Ronald McDonald House, and I'm like. You motherfuckers, you know how much money you have? You could build 10 fucking McDonald's houses. You know why they do that? Because they get a write-off, I assume. No, it could be that too. But in Canada, there is a law for the charities. Right. Because I know this because I used to deliver the payroll for the World Wildlife Foundation on Spadina, 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 Spadina Avenue long long time ago the wwf the real wwf with, not, the, with the panda bear not yes. not yeah. not you so Vince i would go McMahon. to montreal and pick up their payroll you know what their payroll was drawn on interest checks did you know that in canada you can collect money for your charity but you have 365 days in order to give that money to that charity or to that person or whatever so now Every time you chip in $2, right. that $2 is making interest for 364 days. Before they have to do anything with it. Exactly. Wow. So the best way to make money is to have a good charity. Right. Because you have other people's money in the bank that is making interest. That's how you pay for your office space and your staff and stuff like that off the interest. <laughs> Mind blown. Yeah. And so I would, I would deliver Bank of Montreal interest checks for their payroll. Drawn on interest checks, I would see it. Right. And that's yeah. how they pay all their people. Uh, is off of the donation interest money. Yeah, so you when you hear a charity and a reputable charity saying that all the money goes there, yeah. it does. Wow. But it doesn't say anything about the interest. That must be like your phone or something. I don't know, maybe. 
because it was the same ding, ding, ding. ding. I thought it was dinging. Okay, we got a couple calls to get to here. We're going to talk about, uh, we were going to give away the prize and we're going to call the winner, but maybe we'll wait until Mike's here. What's the prize? Well, it was a prize from Second Shot, but I think maybe Mike should be here when we do it. So we're going to go to Terp. We do have a contest with Canada Match. We're going to do that too. Let's do Terp's. Let's do Terp's call. And uh, we're getting close to that two-hour mark. We'll do Terps call. We'll talk about the new contest. We're going to run with Canna Match. Yep. And then uh, we'll do the theme song. We'll get the fuck out of here. How's okay, that sound? Sounds good. Okay, so we got to ta- uh, talk uh, about this here. We got Big Terp calling in. Yo, yo, it's Big Terp. Yo, I'm just rolling up a fucking shitload of joints for tomorrow because it's my birthday. Fuck yeah. Happy birthday, Terp. But Happy birthday. on another note, how come... At movie theaters, snacks just taste better. Like, I don't know what it is about the snacks that I smuggle into the movie theater, but, like, those gummies be hitting. I don't know. It's because you snuck them in there. (laughs) It's a a, a legal snack, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. The illicit snacks. That's what it is, Terps, man. It's because you snuck them in there. You got away with it, man. It tastes better when you do that. Uh, (laughs) On this note, the best place to see a movie for me is always the drive-in. Do they have drive-ins in British we, Columbia? We do. We have one left, the Twilight Drive-in in, in, Lang, in Langley. There is, from I what did, I read, there's less than 40 drive-ins in Canada now. You know how they do the music? Through your radio now. You know all that little speaker that sits on the window? It's all on FM, and, there, and so if you've got surround sound in your car... You got good sound. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's how they do it here. And we they do three shows for the one price. Here we have a triple drive-in. Yeah. So there's three screens, yeah. and there's six movies. Wow. Right? So you yeah. get two movies. You're not supposed to switch, but we all switch. But the best part about the drive-in, first of all, as a cannabis user, that you can go and watch a movie, and you can just smoke in your car. Yep. Right? Yep. Yep. So so perfect. Yeah. You can just sit there. You can blaze in your car, and you can bring in your own snacks. Now, the and one thing I will say is... your favorite lady, too. <laughs> That's true. And you can meet her on canamatch.ca. Are you into movies? Do you like to smoke weed? How about snacks? Let's go and find our match on canamatch.ca. It's, a, it's true, though, that like you, you can basically take in all of your own snacks. But everybody knows... That no matter how much you want to, you cannot replicate movie theater popcorn. That's the one thing you have to buy when you go to the movies. Yeah. You can't be, like, chips, you can't be smuggling. Chips are not hitting during a movie. Let's be realistic. No, you can't eat chips during a movie. No, no. (laughs) If, If I showed up at a movie theater and I saw someone with a big bag of chips... At a movie theater? Ruffles. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't... You... Psychotic. I'd be... I'd immediately leave the theater <laughs> if I saw someone show up with a bag of chips at the movie theater. Mm. Uh, I'll have to drink. Yeah, it's great, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. What do you think about the liquid death? I love the... I finished that one, too. Oh, well, you can crack another if you oh, want. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, man, you said there. something about birthday. Um, Terp's birthday, yeah. I have a tattoo here. Oh, Marvin the Martian. Nope. You got it wrong. Try again. Martin, he doesn't have a black helmet. Mar- oh, Marvin has that's a black uh, um, Oh, dude, that's the kazoo. The great kazoo. Yeah. He's tossing me a joint. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, so I got this for free. Really? Yes. So 
Um, in British Columbia, we had um, Chaz in Dallas. Um, they owned a tattoo studio. And we were sitting around, and my friend was getting a tattoo, and he says to me, he says, hey, have you got a tattoo? No. What would you, if you got one, what would it be? I said, the Great Kazoo. He says, why? I said, because I used to watch Fred Flintstone and stuff like that. Yeah. He said, I would have it here. He says, well, i tell you what. He says, I'll do it for $200, and you talk about me on the THC show with Neil Magazine. Yeah. No problem, I said. Great, yeah. right? So I make a date. His mom called while I was there, and it was her birthday. Right. And I sang her happy birthday. She cried. Oh. She said that it was the most wonderful thing that somebody had ever done for her. He got off the phone. He said, that's now a free tattoo. What? And he put the whole story on Instagram. Nice. Yeah. So when did you get, like, how long ago was this? Um, probably three years now. So you went... This June, you went your entire life, no tattoos. Yeah, rebel. Yeah, hitchhiking, hippie, weed smoking, degenerate. You went that whole no tattoos, (laughs) no tattoos, no tattoos. And I'm at 56, I think it was 56. Yeah, 56. So two years, and And you got a tattoo. I got a tattoo. Why didn't okay? Why didn't you get tattoos up into there? Was it well because I was a criminal and tattoos were you marking for who you are. Right. right, but you were only a criminal for cannabis, though. It doesn't matter. That sucks, <laughs> right? I didn't want to always be that person. If I had, if I had, excuse me, if I had a, a way of getting out, I, I, I could. No, but when yeah. you're on a criminal record, they always ask you if you have any tattoos, and that's how they can identify you. Right, it's my tattoos, right? So, right, if right. I ever wanted to change my name, I wouldn't be able to do it with a tattoo. Now, uh, this I, guy's I, gone so deep. He's yeah. like, <laughs> he's like, tattoos mark you. You're branded for life. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm a fucking criminal, <laughs> man. You're I, just I, you, I and know, the best up part is, is that you're just a weed person. Yep, that is it. Well, how should has it do? Fuck yeah. whatever, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you're not hurting nobody. You, you're a criminal. Right? That's insane, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's fuck. You most know, people have I've fucking face tats do. now. Yeah, most ass I've seen somebody do, he bought twenty five purple micro dots off me and ate them all at once, and I never saw him again. Like. Yeah, he disappeared into the fucking yeah, sunset. And he also taught me to do vitamin C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vitamin C. Living on reds, vitamin C, and cocaine. That's a great yep. for that thing. Because <laughs> Absorbing. your body burns vitamin C when you're on acid. And if yep. you replace it by taking a spoonful of 1,000 milligrams, yep. you have a better trip. Yeah, yeah. The vitamin C is essential. You know what? Vitamin C is also very good for, like, anything. It's absorbing the vitamin. So if you're, like, drinking a lot, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, I drink a large glass of water. If you've been drinking and you, if you can manage to drink a large large glass of orange juice before you go to bed it will help your body over the time it'll it'll absorb and it'll it'll help your body vitamin c is is very key for doing drug use for sure yeah yeah i know a lot about that he taught me that but i never saw that guy again like so five for me you give you would get five hits for 20 bucks so he gave me a hundred dollars to 25 hits and ate them all in front of me in where are we in Vancouver? Toronto. In Toronto. Oh, wasn't never sold acid or hash in Toronto in Vancouver. Oh, is that young and call well right. young, young girl. So man. when you say you never saw him again, he just disappeared into the night and like he was someone you saw regularly and you then would, you would usually see regular people who would come back to you because they liked your acid. Right. And never saw him again. It was the most acid I've ever seen anybody ever take. Right. I don't know if he just freaked out or what i've seen some pretty mean stuff like i've seen um somebody uh, just by this the uh mr sub there just uh just up from college um yeah a guy was uh walking down the street and he looked at somebody in the wrong way and this person took a monkey wrench to his skull and i heard his skull crack 
Whoa. Yeah, his friends picked him up off the ground, put an arm around each person, and carried him away. And never saw that guy again either. Wow. And just because he looked at them the wrong way, because I knew the person who did that. Whoa. Yeah. The guy that did that was a weirdo. He was a Frenchman from Montreal. I don't know, but... Uh, was he fucked up on something? Like, was he high on drugs, or was he just a mean person? Wasn't really in a mean person that I, that I knew of. Well, it wasn't mean to you. No, no. But was, the, was the guy he smoked like a homeless guy or something? No, or? no. He, he was staying in the Carlton Inn and stuff like that. He had money and everything. He just looked at them the wrong way, and he did that. Impulse. The other thing I seen was that Pape Station. Um, there was a gentleman who was drunk. It was about 1, 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the morning, and he didn't want to get sick on the platform. Yeah. So what he did was he tried to get sick on the tracks. Yeah. But he stood at that end. He got smoked by the train. Decapitated. Saw red blood all over Pave Station, which is green. How old were you when you saw that shit? I was in my 20s. Bro, that See, shit. Seeing the guy get decapitated right there. This old lady down on the platform just went like... No oh, shit, bro. Just, I would have probably puked. I was in shock. I bet. <laughs> that train didn't get back until 2 o'clock in the morning. After we did that, bro, that's fucking shit that you never forget, bro. That's fucking so traumatic. I've, I've talked to subway drivers. The hardest part about something like that, or uh, the tr- driver blames himself. No, is yeah. having to back over him to move, to get the body. Oh, my that's God. the hardest part for a subway driver, right? If somebody's jumped in front of his train, right? His train is now rolled over that body. Now he has to back it up. Yeah, that's why. Because I've talked to them many times. As I was being a courier, we were using Metro Pass, and wow. the guys who had the doors open and stuff. And he said, "Yeah, that was always the hardest thing is to have to do it again." You know, that's one of those things where, like, <sighs> we haven't really addressed the mental illness in this country, but mm-hmm. like. If you're going to do something crazy... Now, that's like somebody that was obviously intoxicated, was trying to puke. They didn't intentionally kill themselves. But, no. You know, there's people that, but like, step in front of... a good person, yeah. and then he dies. Yeah. Like, there's people that, uh, you know, step in front of transports or jump off of uh, bridges into cars yeah. or, or jump in front of trains and stuff. And, like, you are seriously fucking somebody's life up. Yeah. When you do that, like, yeah. no matter the, the regard you have for your own life subjectively whatever you know what i mean it's seriously putting a mental burden on a lot of people but when you're in that person who's jumping in that mental space that's not what you care yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and i've been there yeah. i've been there i've been there too i've been there too uh i tried to do it when i was very young and promised never to do it again um, my family doctor gave me shit and he's still my family doctor to this to this day he sounds he's, like a good guy he stood at the end of my bed and he was fresh from south africa and into canada yeah. uh, and uh he stood at my he's who he's what the fuck you think you're trying to do you yeah. know this age uh, age old and, yeah and because he cared yeah he is still my doctor today the funny part about that is is that doctors are so hard to come by that care yeah and when my doctor cut me off as a patient when we found out there was something wrong with me it was the doctor that birthed me yeah that took me back as a patient wow eh? yeah and, yeah and you get those you get those good doctors you know yeah he actually like, was I like the good psychiatrist i've yeah. had the good family doctor right so and that's so important because yeah. that's really hard and it's actually that doctor that first um see because i never got my medical marijuana card when it was easy and people were like oh yeah you can just get it man you can just get it yeah i waited until i had my diagnosis which took a long time 
I waited and then I justified my cannabis use to all the doctors in my life. And it was that original doctor that birthed me who had never signed a weed script in his life. Yeah. Was very against it. Yeah. So but, is mine. But 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 saw the flip side of the medications that I should be on yeah. for the pain that I'm in and was the one that was like, hey, man, do your thing. I personally changed this South African's doctor's opinion on cannabis. He now asks me when I do videos to say, make sure that you eat well when you're doing cannabis and stuff like that. He's yeah. totally on board because yeah. he's seen how much it's helped me. Yeah. Right? He was like fresh from South Africa. Drugs were drugs. He's not signing this paper, but eventually he sent me to somebody who did, who is my pain specialist now. Right. But he, he had finally seen the good. And now his whole office prescribes cannabis. Right. Right. Oh. 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 Dad, where are you? It's right there. It's on the counter. What? Right there in front of you. Oh, that's yeah, that is my son. But we can't talk to him while we're That's amazing. And you know what? I think that the, the good thing about it is is that now that they're... The, the gift and the curse of cannabis, Glenn, is that 20 years ago, there wasn't the research money involved, so mm. we couldn't actually... We knew what we knew, but there wasn't research money involved. Yeah. The curse of this is, is that by bringing money into the atmosphere of cannabis in the way that they have, it's kind of... It, 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 the scene is corporate now, and there's, there's bad parts to that, but the good is, is the research that's happening, the money that's being poured in, the education that's being put into cannabis now, whereas before... You know, you're talking about you're a criminal. Yeah. You, you weren't a criminal, dude. You yeah. were just, you, you know, like. I was just trying to help people out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even yeah. if you were only trying to help yourself out. Yeah. And, and now with the flip on it, you know, unfortunately, because there's profit to be made, that allows people to put more money into the research, into making a better quality product. Hopefully, legal weed, get your shit together. It, you know, maybe it's not right now. Maybe it's I, not this year. Maybe it's not next year. But in five years, in ten years, down the road, with the money and the research and the and the infrastructure and all of these things, and you know the high dose edibles you're talking about, the fact that you can prove it now yeah. and you have the ability to do that research and to document it and all of the technology we have to make those assertions is only going to make things better in the future. We. I'm going to disagree with you because you can't beat pharmaceutical companies. If there's no money in it for them, they're going to they're going to squash us. Well, that's you know what, what we're running up to against right now. A hundred percent. But because at the end of the day, there's no money in it for them. CBD, even CBD, is going down the drain right now in, in price because you can just grow CBD for yourself and man, man, make it and be healthy. Yeah, but right? at the same time, is is that they the, there's a percentage of the market that will never grow their own weed. Yes. There's a percentage of the market. And without the ability of those big companies to do the the other end of the, the spectrum, because us as, you know, we weren't scientists. No. You knew the benefits, but we're not scientists. And we can't afford scientists. No. And they can. Now, is their product shit? Yeah, their product shit. But there is a, there is a portion of the, of the, of the population that are going to be able to be helped by if they can get their shit together with the product and such. But it's still the fact that it's legal and the fact that there's a marketplace allows this type of thing to exist because you're right in the sense that like 
with as with any addiction, it's a mental behavior. It's a behavioral thing. Mm. And sometimes by uh, addressing the root of why that behavior occurs along with behavioral replacement, mm -hmm. which is why substitution is in the name. Yeah. It's not removal. It's substituting yeah. with something that's far less harmful. And better for you. Better for you. Will give you a better quality of life. Like you say, yeah. people wake up from eight hours of sleep and they're hungry. Yes. You know what I mean? Which they don't usually Which do. they don't usually do. And they eat and then they go into another edible and they go back to sleep. And right. a week later, they don't have any more sweats or body pains and they're totally off their opioids. Right. And and, and all it did was with some cannabis and your endocannabinoid system, which is in your body, looking for cannabis. Right. Right. We even tell breast, breastfeeding moms who are afraid that if they smoke while they're breastfeeding, that it's going to go to the baby. Yeah. A lot of moms don't know that their breast milk already contains cannabinoids. For a reason. Yes. Yes, because it helps. Because you have a, a thing in yeah. your body called the endocannabinoid system, right. who is in charge of pain and your immunity. Right. Right. And like right, your immune system, not your immunity, but your immune system. Right. Right. So yeah, and that that's that's what it does. It helps you right, get off the body sweats and and the pain. That's got to be why, because my conditions are all autoimmune yeah. issues, and that's I, I think that why it's Michelle has that. Why it's helped uh, me with a lot of the things that I've had issues with, as far as as medical goes, it it's it's a slippery slope. It's good for us. The I mean, I'm saying that the government lied to you. Oh, the government lied. One hundred percent. I'm saying the medical, um, medical, big pharma, all of them being involved is a very slippery slope. You got to know your enemy. We got it. We can make this planet even better right now if the government would let us grow hemp. Yeah, hemp takes in five times the amount of carbon dioxide than a tree does, and you can grow it three or four times a year. Right. So we could actually save some of the environment of the Canada but just by letting people grow hemp again. You sound like Jack Hare. Well, I don't know. I just was yeah. taught about that. A tree takes 25 years yeah. or whatever, you know, and it takes in a certain amount, and it takes a long time. Yeah. And you can grow hemp three or four times. And, and hemp has industrial uses. Hemp, they, hemp's and they put it in Chernobyl, and it reclaimed the land, also yeah. the soil, so that they can grow again and stuff like that. Yeah. There's amazing things. Um, we can make oils, bricks cars rope. clothing yeah the most expensive rope in the world is a hemp rope yeah right i believe that maybe we should let the indigenous people grow hemp again because in the 1800s with the trading posts and stuff like that they used to make blankets and stuff like that they know how to make clothes and stuff like that yeah. let them do that again let yeah. them grow some hemp. Let them make some ropes. Make Unfortunately, what it's going to happen is is there's going to be like Christian Dior fucking hemp loafers and shit like that, and they'll be super expensive because unfortunately... Hemp is expensive, and you know why? Yeah. Because you have to get it made. If you want something done with it, it has to go to the States or to China. Canada what? doesn't have any places to process hemp. That's that, something we're slacking that, on. That's, that's the problem. Is right. it because they outlawed it? That's why. That's why it's so expensive. Like I, I'm, Michelle makes hemp clothes and stuff like that. And that I, that has to do with like uh, I'm pretty sure that if you go down the rabbit hole, that has to do with like Dupont and Cotton, yeah, and 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 monopolies through corporations well, on patents. When and they say, can give right? you something that's going to rip in a few years. And then you have to buy a new one. The planned obsolescence. Compared to where hemp will yeah. last, a hemp pair of pants could last you 20, 25 years. Yeah. So who's going to, they're, they're not going to make money off you anymore. Yeah. Right. They That's an old time philosophy. The same with the cars and stuff like that. Yeah. Like they, the planned That's, obsolescence of everything. Our phones are only good for so many years until yeah. they're, they're slow. Uh, uh, my, uh, especially operating, technology. Operating fast. hours. 
Yeah. I turn my phone off every night. Really? Because I know about those operating hours. Yeah. What are you talking about operating hours? Well, uh, TVs and, uh, and electronics, they're all set up to uh, work for a certain amount of hours. So if you leave your TV on all night while you're sleeping, you're kind of wasting those hours. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Right. They're, those microchips and stuff uh, are only good for a certain amount of times and stuff. Like they don't yeah. last forever, right? Yeah, monitors and everything. I got you. Like Samsung uh, is one of the best people to buy a TV from because Samsung makes every part in the same factory, whereas Toshiba and the other places outsource parts. They bring them in, and then they put it together and call it their TV. So Joe can't talk to Bob about the piece that he's making, and that's why they have problems sometimes. But if you buy a Samsung TV, everything was made. I feel like Sony's like that. So Sony He's one of those right. The next the guy in the next mm -hmm. cubicle was making the other part of that TV, so you could talk to him and it would be compatible. We might have to give you a snack pack name soon. You're starting to <laughs> you're starting to border on cocaine, Brian stuff right now, Glenn. Uh, well, uh, I, I, I buy Samsung. I've got the Samsung phone. <laughs> you're I, starting I to get Samsung there. TV, right? Hi, uh, Samsung. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Well, we did this anyway, Mike Rita. I'm sorry you couldn't make it. Hopefully, your smile's beautiful. We still love you. Sending positive energy and thoughts my friend yes uh guys as we've said many times i'm here with glenn wells founder of canna match canna match.ca oh we gotta we're gonna be yeah, yeah yeah we're gonna talk about that yeah and we'll take a picture all right so what we're gonna do with canna match.ca you want them to uh upload a video yep all right i'll just uh i'll just tell you right here so yeah so you can go to instagram canna match or you can go to the facebook canna match page okay right so um we will give anyone who submits a video about why they love canna match okay or even when we will even expand it to how canna match can help them okay all right so let's say once a week we will give away 5,000 free credits. After How's this? Wait, maybe we should get into this before. How the fuck does this work? You got, you got, is Canna Match a casino? No, it's credit credits are to send messages. So when you sign up for free at Canna Match, you get 50 credits for free. So it costs you five credits. This is sounding like a Ukrainian wife website, Glenn. <laughs> what the? So, yeah, so, so, so you get 10 messages for free. And then other uh, beyond that, you buy 100 credits for $2.99. We know it's we, like we, a we it's like a as low as you can. There's no other dating sites or meeting sites out there that have credits that low, right? So we know that you have to buy wow. a bag of weed for that person that so, you might be dating. Or so dating. wait, so <laughs> it's like the it's like the one nine hundred numbers. You're charging them two ninety nine for credits. Yeah, in, in a sense, it, it costs to talk to people. Yes. Wow. Yes, that's how Canamatch will make money. Yeah, no, I get that. I thought been, it was like a monthly subscription or something. You can, yes. You can buy the credits, which give you the monthly experience. There's a certain amount of credits that you buy, and that will give you superpowers. What? Yes, superpowers. This shit's like Red Bull gives you wings? <laughs> okay, okay. Your picture up in the top row so that when everybody is looking on the site, they see your picture. So you're like, okay, wait. Wait, okay. And then you get... If Holy under your, man. Under your superpowers, you get to message people as much as you want for that 30 days, too. So, wait. You're like Rogers, and you've got tears. <laughs> What's the unlimited data, unlimited <laughs> messaging? Well, that's what you're going to get from me with, with those videos and stuff. So, after the... 
uh, 11 more episodes, we will pick a winning video and we will give them a lifetime membership. I'll give okay. them 25 okay. years of paid days. They will never have to buy another credit again. <laughs> okay. And, and we will give it, it, like, you can amount, you can do days and credits. So I will times 12 times 25 years. And is it like Tim Hortons where you can send credits to a friend? Like you can buy other people coffee? You can probably buy other people credits. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I've never heard of that. But we, we, we did. We did do this thing where we were giving um, ladies free credits, and some men were pretending to be ladies so they could get the free credits. And I got a bunch of complaints that hey, I'm trying to meet this girl, and it turned out to be a guy, right? And it's, and it's Whoa, that that's a real 2023 but problem, it, though, it, it man. Said because that they were a female because they wanted the credit, so I had to go through the whole what about, site, what a, oh the my whole God. site, and make sure that every female had a female picture, not saying female with a male picture. Oh so, my god! So I had to stop that. What right about what about like non-binary and all the or like that, LGBTQ? All part, it's all, all that, it's all friendly, it's obviously. All, we're, yeah, we're we're that's all in there now, right? Okay. But, but this was just because I was giving free credits to ladies, like a nightclub, yeah. ladies in for free sort of thing, and people were pretending right. online to be. It would say that they were a female, but they had a guy's picture. I had an Uber driver once, right, that said he was on a bicycle, but it was just because he didn't have insurance for his car, and he was driving Uber Eats in a car. But if you were used a bicycle, and you said you were a bicycle driver, then you could just get Uber Eats, and you could be a delivery person without any credentials. Wow. Eh? Yeah, it's kind of similar to your thing, wow. where they were saying they were a female for free credits, but yeah, they were so really a guy. Andrew Video wins Okay, so this is how this is going to work. Um, you gotta take a video telling us why you, you uh, love Canon Match or how Canon Match can help you, or how okay, or how it's helped you. Either one, right? Right. Shout out Canon Match. Upload your video. It's like-minded people meeting like-minded people. Bring a bag, not a bottle. That's it. Yeah. Or we Canon Match you. <laughs> Mike's going to have to do that one. I know. Yeah. All right, we're going to work on this contest, guys. We'll release full details of everything. We'll tag all of the pages. We'll figure yep. all this stuff out. But the moral of the story is, before we go, the Coles Notes version for all the delinquents like me, we're going to give away a lifetime subscription to Canna Match uh, by the end of this sponsorship. We're really happy to have Glenn Wells on board here supporting really this nice life. To be part of the show. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. much. I, I'll say this. Uh, we're really happy that you're part of the show as well. <laughs> Wherever Mike Rita is. And uh, we're going to get this one out. You know the song now, right? You're yep. familiar with the yep. song? we are. Okay, here we go. Okay. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the it. Snacks of life. The snacks of life. There's a time you got to go and show you grow, and now you know about the, the snacks of life. life. The, the snacks of life. Ladies and gentlemen, I am not Mike Rita, but I am the Snack Man. This has been the Snacks of Life podcast, proudly brought to you by Canamatch.ca. Are you looking for a stoner friend? Maybe it's a lady, maybe it's a guy. Canamatch.ca, it'll put a twinkle in your eye. That's been the Snacks of Life podcast. We'll see you next Friday.